0: Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester monster. and with me as always Akiva sure Wieninger. Kiva, how are you today? I'm great. I feel like it's been a long time since we podcasted and I'm ready to get back on the horse. Yeah, I mean, it's been a week, but
1: <laughs> you know, you always don't let me talk about the NBA, but I mean, we have to at least acknowledge how phenomenal that Western Conference Finals was, right?
0: No, I didn't watch it.
1: I guess it makes sense you didn't watch it because you, you've never seen the Warriors. So you wouldn't even get the chance that the Warriors fans do it their home games.
0: I, listen, my team got knocked out by the Thunder. Like, you don't want to, hey, like, uh, are you watching The Bachelor? I know, like, your ex-girlfriend's on it, but uh, I'm not going to watch it when the Spurs are knocked out. It's funny,
1: because you make fun of me for doing the same thing when it comes to, like, the NFL
0: playoffs. Yeah. But now you're doing the same
1: thing. Yeah, your your team loses, especially if you didn't expect them to lose or if they lose in devastating fashion and you're bitter and you decide you don't want to watch anymore.
0: Yeah, you do that with the Vikings, so you can't blame me.
1: Yeah, by the way, so remember a few weeks ago we were discussing how many Twitter followers various NBA players have? I think we were doing this because we were talking about Ricky Rubio, and I said he was higher up than you would have expected. Okay. So there are such lists on the internet, but I didn't want to trust them. So I went ahead and made my own list, and I checked how many Twitter followers every single player in the
0: NBA Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> Did you have to
0: search every single guy?
1: Yeah, no, I just wanted Twitter to search
0: them, yeah. So you just searched in- 450 names.
1: No, I did about 150. Like, uh, guys who obviously weren't going to like have a substantial oh, okay, number. Okay, fine. I'd, I, but anybody who's like a relevant rotation guy, pretty much, okay, is is who I is who I looked up. Uh, by the way, uh, our favorite players, Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett, both uh, Twitter lists. The only yeah, well, players, yeah, they're basically, old men. Why would they have? They're yeah.
0: <laughs> they're not millennials. Duncan, and <laughs> yeah, Garnett.
1: that's true. So we have a, a couple uh, new reviews this week. Should we read those? Can read them, sure. All right. So one is from N Nickish. The subject line is perfect. It's it says whatever. He says, if you are a male born from 1981 to 1985, this is the podcast for you, yes. which is perfect. That's fair. If you're not in that age range, but you are a self-loathing self self-loading nerd, you should give it a shot. If you like ranking things that don't matter, then you should definitely check out this podcast. They probably talk about football in the fall, but right now it's all TV and movies. Yeah, That's pretty accurate. Thank you. Nickish. And then yeah. Damon22. He, he He gave us 32 stars, he says. Although iTunes only allowed him to give us five.
0: Yeah, that would really help the average. Although yeah. the average is five. No one's ever... Giving us a low five.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many podcasts have any, any ratings that aren't five or zero if it's like a political podcast,
0: right? You don't see a lot no. of three-star podcast reviews. No, I think the Seinfeld one, which has a lot of reviews, has either zero or one three-star review. Yeah. Who gave you the three stars? I, I don't know. Sometimes it's just a, like an anonymous drive-by. They're not writing, yeah. you know. Why go into
1: that much of an effort to be meh? All right, uh, go big or go home. All right, so Damon says, I started listening to this great podcast in the football off season after enjoying Akiva's work on Posture Recaps and Rehap and Chester on the Making a Murderer podcast. Oh, wow. I'm sure I'll all enjoy the in-season content, content, but the top 100 TV and movies list are fantastic, even when I disagree it's still entertaining to hear such scalding takes. Football fan or not, you should be subscribed to this podcast. Well, we're going to have some scalding takes today, Akiva. You had predicted, after being the loser in our TV rankings, you had predicted that you were going to win in a route in our movie podcasts. And that hasn't really happened so far.
0: I think it's 50-50. I, th- I, I saw a lot of Kiva's list as better hashtags.
1: Yeah, I jumped out to a big lead, like I would say like 90-10, and then you got a few people after that. I, I think it's probably like 65 right, 30 But who cares? But, we each
0: have 10 movies on yeah. on our list so far.
1: Uh, by the way, hold on. We also need to, we got a bunch of email reviews this week, and of course I don't share them with you when I get emails. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, but uh, the best email of the week, I'm only going to read one. This is the best email of the week. This is from Jared Jerome. Okay. I'm I'm ready excited. for Jared's email? Yeah, it's a very, very strong email from Jared. Okay. Hey, so I'm listening to your podcast on, and, and he, this is what he titled last is, week's episode. Which is, is this is, guy which a, is a friend gr- of
0: yours? Because I don't know who no. he is. I, I don't know
1: who he is either. Okay, fine. Friend. Of, let's say he's a friend of a friend. Okay. He's a friend of the podcast. Uh, this is what he called last week's podcast: a discussion that might lead to a list that predates a list of a possible list of the top 100 movies of the past 25 years. How dare you! That's phenomenal. <laughs> So that's, that's a great title for the last week's podcast. So he says, I'm listening to your discuss, discussion, et cetera, et cetera. And I got to the part where Akiva questioned my ranking of Malkovich. Now, let me take a break from this. He had ranked Malkovich number two all time. Yeah. Bananas. And, and, yet, yeah, and, you, and to which you and you, said, oh, he has to justify that, which is insane. Yes. You're yeah. the one who has to justify your list because, again, as I said at the time, a majority of our rankers have being John Malkovich in their top ten. So Jared has it number two, which is higher than most people. But everybody other than you has it on their list. So the bananas one is you, not him.
0: Yeah, no, but I, I did. I said, I said, I, I really like the movie. If you go rewatch it, you will fall asleep at four different parts of the movie.
1: Well, you know who disagrees with you? Most of our listeners. So okay. There you go.
0: Um, and anyway, so and what does Jared and Jerome have me? to say?
1: So Jared says, first, I want to say I essentially never listen to podcasts, and I've obviously never met either of you. But despite the fact that you two are essentially droning on and on, making parenthetical statements on ancillary topics, I have found it very entertaining. Oh, thank I think you, that's Jared. Probably, I think that's probably the best compliment you can get. And I agree. That is a phenomenal sure. compliment. Yeah. Anyway, as for Malkovich, it's hard to really explain why it's so great. It's obviously absolutely brilliant and original. One of those reality within reality within reality type of things that I happen to love. But let me say this, which is a very Bernie Sanders expression. When I watched it for the first time, probably in 2001, I liked it very much. When I rewatched it a few years later, I absolutely freaked out and immediately put it in my non-existent top five movie list. Point being, my high ranking is not a result of following others and its cult attraction. It held up and improved, in fact, upon second and third viewings. It's number two a bit high, possibly, but it's just so original, smart, creepy. Love it.
0: Okay, no, that's a fair – see, that's a fair point because I've only seen the movie once, so I remember it being really original and, like, a unique movie that had a lot of boring scenes. But maybe on rewatch when I could just focus on, like, not what's going to happen and what's going on on the screen, I would really like it. And, no, I'm nobody's accusing anybody who has been John Malkovich of, at one or two of being a follower. We're accusing Chester of being a follower because he Ooh. makes his decisions based, <laughs> on, based on, like – he says my picks are wrong because they're not the standard – Anyway, let's get to let's get to today's rank. By the
1: way, can we talk about how much how much of a beating I took on your Seinfeld podcast last week?
0: I don't I don't remember anything I say ever. So can you <laughs> can you elaborate? Can you tell me what I said about oh, you? Uh,
1: I took quite a beating. You said a lot of hurtful things. <laughs>
0: can you tell? Can you name some of them? I don't remember any of them.
1: Well, I, I was so sad I had to drown myself in a bottle. So I don't remember either.
0: Oh, yeah. but you you did you
1: did make fun of me for for taking showers in the airport. You said why would you want to do that? Which it's yeah, that's such weird. A ref- It's incredibly refreshing. Yeah. Why because, why like, do
0: you want to be clean when everyone on the plane is gross next to you? Well, well, by that logic, why would why you do they be clean deserve anymore? that? <laughs> I,
1: I take the subway to work every day. Why Why not just be
0: filthy? No, people are clean on the subway. The subway <laughs> itself might smell, but the people generally...
1: Aren't. Mm, I don't know. You get pretty close to people. Uh, anyway, uh, but Rob, on his Game of Thrones halftime episode... He made uh, fun of he, how you
0: smell? Oh, no,
1: okay. <laughs> no, but but uh, he, Rob is also on Team Chester because he said that he thinks Game of Thrones might be, when it's all said and done, the number one TV show of all time. Ding. Oh, wow. And remember, I have it at number two, and you had it outside the top ten. Yeah, okay yeah
0: all right listen you got to stick the landing lost would have been one or two for a lot of people also until the end
1: yeah the other ridiculous thing you said on the side of a podcast obviously is you claim that uh nobody's ever hooked up to uh to star wars
0: i said no babies have ever been conceived during star wars yeah well hooking up often results in babies well i I, okay (laughs) we have to have a talk after this podcast i'll explain some things to you but yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, very interesting. All right, let's start. Let's start. Oh, wait, hold NBA. on. I'm
1: not I'm not done with Jared's email here. So then Jared said, OK, uh, I'm also I'm a bit freaked out about your apparent list prowess. You said something about listing over a thousand NBA players. I'm a sports freak. How the hell did you do that? Can we see that list? So, Jared, we will. Uh, we're going to do our top hundred, not a thousand. That's a little bit ridiculous. We'll do our top hundred NBA
0: players sometime.
1: This week would be an opportune time. You know, it's right before the NBA finals. But I'm not yeah, even talking about
0: the NBA right now. Why? Why don't we? Ha- we should have a website where we could post some of this nonsense. What do you yeah. think?
1: Well, that's that's a possibility. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to revise when we, when we made all our embryo predictions before the playoffs? And again, that's a bet I won. I'm I'm leading at fifty-one to forty-four right now. We both had the same matchup in the finals, and I had Golden State beating Cleveland in six. You had Golden State beating Cleveland in five. Yeah, I would still want to revise State in five. So i I'm not, I can't revise okay. that. No. Uh, I I would, and if I was redoing it, I would stick with Golden State in six. Also, okay. So all right, I think Golden um, State yeah, so, might
0: lose game one, and then they win the rest of the way. All right, so
1: Jared, yeah, we will do our,
0: our NBA players and Akiva. You're
1: gonna have to make a list. So start start. That might together, that might list. happen.
0: That might happen next NBA season. We're running out of time for this season, to be honest. Yeah, we can do it after the season. M- that yeah, might we'll be November. That might be November. Anyway, well, the problem
1: is we're gonna be doing top movies for the next like six months. So <laughs> no, no,
0: I think we're, after this we got one more of this and then we're done. All right, fine. So well, you want to quickly go through what your 100 to 91 was? Uh, I'll, just em. I'll just read them. I'll just read them. Election Ransom, Robot and Frank, Office Space, Sandlot. 40 year old virgin, primer, Mrs. Doubtfire, margin call prisoners. That's 191. What about you? All right. I had
1: Midnight in Paris, Being John Malkovich, American Beauty, Wedding Crashers, Varsity Blues, Bridesmaids, The Fighter, The Lion King, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and Hoop Dreams.
0: Okay. All right. So let's go to number Very 90. Very boring on your list. Hoop Dreams. Uh, number 90, I have the only horror movie on my list. One of the only horror movies I've ever seen, to be honest. I'm not a big horror fan. Are you a horror guy? Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, but it's a fun movie, really a classic movie. And if you remember, there were almost no horror, movie, horror movies when we were growing up in like the early to mid-90s. And this sort of brought back the genre, genre a little bit slowly by the sequels, maybe there were. But there was literally not a horror movie in theaters You know, some of those years, probably like 94, 95. And then Scream came. As I'm talking about Scream, which I forgot to mention. Uh, Scream came and really brought back the genre. It has a lot of fun uh, sort of like supporting roles in that movie. Uh, and it's a, it's a it's a fun movie. I haven't seen it in a while, but I feel like it probably holds up well enough to make the list still. So that's number ninety for me. Okay. Uh, Eighty nine. I have a movie that won uh, Best Picture. It's Forrest Gump. I, I just think a lot wow. of it's another up, low rating. Wow. I I really like Forrest Gump. I just think that it's a little bit overrated. There's a lot of flaws in the movie. It is way too ridiculous. There, you know, we could, we could spend an hour discussing like the plot holes you could drive a bus through. But I do oh, like you're, it. You're, scroll, yeah. you're scrolling through the channels on your TV, and Force Gump is on. There is no point in that movie that could be on that you're not going to yeah. stop and watch for 20 it's minutes. It's a good right? argument. It's a good argument. I'm going to stop and watch for sure yeah less so at the very beginning maybe maybe if i'm no if i'm if i'm with lieutenant dan in like new york city (laughs) i'm probably i'm probably changing (laughs) yeah no
1: legs lieutenant dan Forrest Gump, very high on our cumulative list uh you know we won't debut that till we get to the top 10 but i will say that one of our listeners probably our our smartest listener at least our most statistically adept listener has it number one all time
0: our smartest listener are you do you like rank our listeners by their iqs like what do you have a separate list we don't know about is that next week's podcast
1: yeah, that's nice. – well, I'm talking about Sean Falconer.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's smart. Yeah. Let's give Falconer yeah. some props. Yeah, and
1: he he has it number one all time, and he's not the only one. So – well, he's the only one who has it number one, but many people have it in their top tens, possibly uh, one of your co-hosts included, but we will wait and see when we get there.
0: Okay, number 88, uh, a Spanish – By the way, c- mov- continue, continue to be unpopular with the listeners, but go ahead. Okay. Number <laughs> 88, a Spanish language movie – uh, Amoros Peros from 2000. It's uh, directed by a then-unknown Alejandro Iñárritu. Now he wins the Best Director Oscar every year, and everyone knows who he is. Uh, and this movie is most famous for uh, providing the the original theme song to the 32 Fans podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, this is the second time you've mentioned Amoros Peros in the last three weeks. Well, yeah, just because it has the, the podcast. And, uh, you know, showing that I have a lot of range, unlike people like Chester that just look at which movies were nominated for Best Picture and put those in your Top fives and tens and fifties. Well, I, I have I have foreign language films. We go list. from Mars Paris at 88, a small, uh, you know, Spanish language movie to Ace Ventura, Pet Detective at number 87. You can't complain about Ace Ventura, can you?
1: Well, no, because you have it at 87. And I just said that I have it at 92.
0: Yeah. But we we're talking about like how comedies get rated much lower by critics. And I see like Ace Ventura's Rotten Tomato score is 45 objectively ace ventura is a really funny movie right yeah
1: it's metacritic score is 37 it's that absurd. is the lowest of any of the excuse me that is the second lowest of any movie on my list in the top hundred and the only one lower than it is happy gilmore uh another movie from the same era so sure yeah Crit- critics aren't going to like jim carrey or adam Sandler, no but but, but this was early carrying ace ventura yeah, is objectively also, ma- a good movie males born between 1981 and 1985 love that movie
0: All right, so there you go. Ace Ventura 8786, the smallest movie on probably not just my list, but any list of anyone uh, who's submitting. It's a movie from 2012 called Dream World. It has no Rotten Tomatoes score because no critic has ever (laughs) reviewed it. There are only 12 audience members who reviewed it uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. It it has 50% uh, fresh out of them and a 6.4 on IMDb. It is a tiny little movie. But it, uh, you really care. Is it the best movie ever made? No. Does it feel like it's low budget? Sure. But it's, you really end up caring a lot about the characters. And I, I would recommend it. Is it a must watch? No. It's not going to be the one or two movies, one of the one or two movies that I've, that we, you know, since we're forcing each other to watch. I think we said two movies each we get to, we get to make the other person watch out of our top hundred lists. Okay. Uh, it's not going to be one of your two that you have to watch, but I, it's a worthwhile movie if you – I'd say come across it on, on cable, but I, I'm not even sure it's big enough to be on Netflix, to be honest. Like, I found it uh, – I think I got sent the screener from the Podcasters Guild. It's another one of those. <laughs> but I, <laughs> yeah. like, literally, I'm surprised peep, the people in the cast, like the star of the movie, even has like, a face on IMDb. It's got 168 uh, votes on IMDb. That's not nothing. It's not nothing. Uh, Nick Thune is actually a pretty well-known comedian. He has a small part in the movie, uh, but he's the only person I've ever heard of. Oh, and Lauren Lapkus, I forgot she's in the she's in the movie too. But nobody, oh, I like she her. Wasn't the, I'm yeah, a big fan of her. She's uh, right now she might be the funniest person in the United States of America. She's really on a roll. Wow, wow, yeah. Oh, she goes on a podcast now and she just absolutely murders it. Like she was on. She I, I was listening to the I got the Howl app to listen to the Comedy Bang Bang Live Tour and it was just Scott Aukerman her and Paul F Tompkins and sometimes a guest every night and they just destroyed it was really good it's worth listening to uh, number 85 another comedy movie uh the hangover another there are a lot of comedy movies on the back end of this list that if you just stopped at the first half of the movie you'd assume they were like you know one of the best movies of that respective their respective years and the hangover like Wedding Crashers, which is uh, my 84, so we'll talk about them both now, Hangover at 85 and Wedding Crashers 84, just totally tank in the final third of the movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I disagree. I I don't think you remember how huge The Hangover was when it came out. It's also ruined by the fact that it had a bunch of sequels that were atrocious and that were like shot-for-shot remakes. Totally. I mean, it made no sense. That movie was... It doesn't age as well as a lot of these other ones, but I remember how huge it was at the time and how, how much I loved it at the time, yeah. and I have it way higher on my list. I have it at number 25 on my list, and we have listeners who have it even higher than that.
0: Yeah, no, I have no problem if you, have any of, if, you, know, if you like comedies enough that you have Hangover or Wedding Crashers in your top ten. I think it's reasonable. I, I think we, we both agree that Wedding Crashers just died in the final act, though. Yeah, Wedding Crushes it. And by the way, The Hangover
1: also is a movie that half those jokes could not happen even in 2016. And it didn't come out that long ago.
0: Right. And also, like, part of it is Galifianakis' shtick is, like, I still like him, but it was so fresh then. He really wasn't that well-known. That it Exactly. It's like seeing a star burst onto the screen.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the things, I guess, that doesn't age as well. But, like, I mean, do you remember how we meet at Helms for the first time? What Bradley Cooper says to him, paging Dr.,
0: oh yeah 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 like I, I, there's no way that
1: can, yeah, yeah there's no way that can happen even into the, even you know seven years after the movie came out
0: right and bradley cooper is the hero of the movie like there's no way
1: yeah but uh, well, 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 i hate bradley cooper i'm on record of saying that but um okay. yeah galifianakis nobody knew who he was yet are you do you watch his show his clown show by the way on fx
0: no i i even though i like him i, I you couldn't get me to watch the clown show baskets have you seen it oh i watched the first several episodes and then i quit it if people said, oh, it's amazing, of course I'd check it out. But nobody said that to me. Yeah, I hit it and quit it. Uh number eighty-three, I have one representative from the Lord of the Wait, Rings. Wait, I thought franchise. Hang
1: I thought Hangover was eighty-five.
0: Yeah, and then I said Wedding Crash was eighty four. Oh, Wedding Crash was oh, eighty yeah. four? Oh okay. Okay. Number eighty-three, I have one representative from the entire Lord of the Rings franchise. Uh I actually watched the Lord of the Rings movies on like maybe a vaca- like a plane or something or a vacation. Years after they came out, maybe it was like a, like HBO did a marathon or something. So, so I saw saw them all basically back to back, and they're good. They're really good, but I would never want to watch wait, them wait, again. Wh- which one is this? So this is the first one, the Fellowship. I, I the Fellowship I'll give the first one credit. I, I, a lot of people like the first one isn't necessarily people's favorite movie. I don't think, but I would never rewatch these movies again. They're three and a half hours long. I'm sure people do. I know they do. Movie made a bazillion dollars at the box office, but. You know, it's not really my speed, the Lord of the Rings stuff, but uh, it was, you know, I could appreciate enough to rank it at 83.
1: Yeah, so that is the highest of the different Lord of the Rings movies that we have ranked on our list. Uh, the aforementioned Jared Jerome, as you remember, he's the one who had the trilogy ranked together in the number three spot, uh, but he had to break them up. And he has Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring at number seven. But it was actually the one that won the Oscar, I believe, for, for Best Movie was The Return of the King, right? It was
0: Best Picture, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah but it was, I think it was like a makeup call, and maybe it was a weaker year also.
1: Yeah, yeah. 03, as we said, was a weak uh, year for movies. Do you think that in a post-me-loving Game of Thrones era, I should give a rewatch to those movies? No,
0: because uh, you'll be I... just more critical of them now, because you love Game of Thrones so much. Here, here's my, ultimately, the if you really wanted to have a, like a macro gripe about Game of Thrones, it's that they should be movies, every episode should be a movie in the sense that they scrimp way too much on the budget. And you you could reasonably argue that's the most expensive television show ever made by 100 miles. They are making like three movies in every episode because they're yeah, filming. So you're
1: basically saying that you want to have a 50 sequel uh, series of movies. No, I'm just that saying car.
0: that. they hey, s- I support like, it. Like in season two, yes. Yeah. Okay, so they spend all this money on the Blackwater sequence. But then, you know, what's-his-name Lannister comes into the into the palace and says, we won the war. But they didn't show you the war because they couldn't afford to show you the war. They ran in the money. Don't you agree that a lot of times the world seems a little too small just because they're showing you like one set or two sets and it's a little bit like you need to make me believe that this world is a little bit bigger and it's a little too cheap? <laughs>
1: Are you talking about how Littlefinger can travel across the entire like a uh, map in like ten seconds?
0: Uh, that's more of a logic thing. I mean, just like yeah. physically with the sets, I want to believe that they haven't made me believe that King's Landing is really big. It seems like it's two blocks. King's Landing.
1: Yeah, I don't. Ha- I don't have a huge issue with that. We should. You know, it's a, okay. Uh, but, but okay, here's my four issues from this week's episode. We're gonna no, no, I haven't quick. seen
0: it, so you get to say none of them. Sorry. Wait, you haven't seen it yet? No, I'm not obsessed like you are. I'll get to it maybe tonight. I'm busy. Did you see, did you see last week's episode? Yeah, yeah, I'm caught up.
1: Okay, fine. Okay, so two issues that relate to last. Week's oh, episode. so you're gonna Number talk one...
0: about last week's episode so people can hear. No, because it it's, it's,
1: it's also it's also this week's episode, but it's the same story. It's a story. It's it's not a spoiler. The Sansa actress is the one that we believe is the one who hired the faceless men to take out Lady Crane, you know, yeah. the Cersei actress. Mm-hmm. We've been told that the faceless men are, like, the most expensive assassins in the world, so much so that most even lords can't afford them. So yeah. how the hell can some struggling actress afford them?
0: Yeah, It makes no sense. IOU.
1: Well, the, the only logical explanation I think I could have is that it's sort of like a pro bono matter. We you're talking about the fake that, Sansa? Yeah, the fake Sansa. The actress, right. that's who we think, that's the one who they imply is the one who wants to take out the Lady Crane because she's jealous of her because she's a better actress. Should, right. right? So the only thing I can imagine is it's almost like a pro bono matter where Jaqen Hagar is willing to kill her as a favor because he wants to test Arya and he knows that it's a test for Arya to kill her. Uh But that part – it doesn't make sense to me how Sansa could – how the Sansa actress could afford – the faceless men, and then my other question. This is just a general question: Is whenever Daenerys gives big speeches, everybody can hear her, even though she has no
0: megaphone. Uh, mm-hmm. You know,
1: a, a million people can hear her,
0: and that is continuously a, yeah. a ridiculous thing. You too. must be a lot of fun at parties. But I agree. I, yeah. I, I had the <laughs> same thought when she gave the the big speech. Well, two weeks. Ago. All her speeches. Yeah. Number eighty two is a is a movie directed by one of the uh, cast of Friends. It's a By the Another- way, how,
1: how do you go on how do you go on the internet without watching Game of Thrones? Uh, it doesn't make sense to me
0: you're not spoiled already i know i know like the one major plot point i think it was like a pretty slow episode so luckily i'm not spoiled by too much stuff it's a movie called trust directed by david schwimmer it's a teenage girl who's targeted by an online predator and it's like a really scary movie but it's like the type of movie you want to watch if you have kids you don't want to watch but like it's maybe important it's really well made uh, and i feel like uh adam sandler was in sort of like a terrible version of this a couple years later but this is a this is like the good version of it and it's worthwhile watching trust number 82 81 a very different movie from trust uh, it's independence day mm-hmm. and really the speech in independence day is as good of a movie scene as you're ever gonna find right bill Pullman's are you speech. For the
1: sequel coming out this summer
0: no i don't i, I I'm, I'm not gonna watch it you i can't believe they couldn't get will smith oh he's not i feel like will smith said like they can't make it without me so i'm gonna ask for like 100 million dollars plus like 10 percent of whatever the movie makes and they're like, nah, we could just make it without you. Yeah. Because that doesn't make sense. Like, what is Will Smith doing that he can't be on in, in, in Independence Day 2? Uh,
1: yeah, honestly, they have Jeff Goldblum, who I love, and Will Smith, I could take it early with, so I don't really
0: care. Yeah, but I don't know if Goldblum is selling out uh, the ticket, you know, the theaters on July 4th, yeah, uh, well, like, but he's, like Will Smith. He, true, but he's earning my tickets. I think so. they got Pullman back. I don't know how they're going to explain that he's the president 20 years later, but that's, that's for them. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in an alien world, the Constitution gets suspended. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so Independence That's Day at an 81. Not on Independence Day not on your list? Not on my list. Entertaining movie, but you know, whatever. You want to say
1: your 10 now? Sure. Okay, fine. So all right, so let me run through my 90 to 81 now. You can yep. give me your hot takes on those. At number 90, I have A Time to Kill.
0: Okay. I used to love John Grisham. No longer care about him.
1: But you you've seen A Time to Kill, right? Sure. Yeah,
0: it's it's a fine movie. I was just actually thing I like I was looking at every movie I'd I'd seen. And I saw the firm, and I was thinking about how disappointing the firm as a movie was compared to the book. Uh, oh, but Time I to mean, Kill is better than the firm, yeah. Yeah, Time to is Kill that, is that. What's movie? the best Grisham film? Is it A Time to Kill?
1: Well, I have The Firm much higher in this list, so we'll get to that. That's absurd. But um, a Time to Kill—it's basically—it's a remake of To Kill a Mockingbird, but thirty years later, same yeah. idea. Uh, you know, a time to kill, a mockingbird, frankly, would be a uh, good mashup. So saw, I I saw them sort of back to back in ninth grade, and I look, I haven't seen it since then, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I remember it being incredibly affecting. Uh, number eighty nine, I have a movie from two thousand fifteen, straight out of Compton. Okay, I actually haven't seen it. yet. And then number eighty eight, we discussed this already, Ransom, the yep. movie that uh, in eighth grade, my friends thought was hilarious yep. when uh, you know, the kid nervously peed himself. Number eighty seven, not gonna be on a lot of lists. Rotten Tomato score of thirty six, which is. The lowest Rotten Tomatoes – excuse me. Oh, wow. Wet Hot American Summer got hated by the uh, Rotten Tomato folks. Yeah,
0: and me. So, I don't like
1: it. All right. So this is the second lowest movie in my top 100, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Does a little bit better for Metacritic and IMDb, but not much.
0: And that's Great Expectations. Oh, the Claire Danes movie? No,
1: no, no. It's Ethan Hawk and Gwyneth Paltrow.
0: Oh, and Ethan Hawk and Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, uh, yeah. Supposedly that was terrible. I have no idea why that's on anybody's list. So he. I'll tell you why it's on my list. So first of all, you know, I read Great Expectations. You read Great Expectations,
1: I assume, as a kid,
0: right? Yeah. First of all, there's been like five Great Expectations since that movie, haven't there?
1: Yeah. So I saw this movie. This movie came out in 1998. I saw it around that time. I had probably just read the book. I would have been 15 years old. Um, and you know, you're, this is the first time you're sort of noticing like thematic things in the movie. So, for example, the Gwyneth Paltrow character, everything around her is always green. And that was – I just remember seeing – like noticing that as a 15-year-old and being so proud of myself. I'm like, oh, I see green as a metaphor for money and wealth. And, um, so it, it, again, this is a movie I haven't seen. I've only seen once and I only saw it once – what is it? 18 years ago. But it affected me at the time and I remember it really well. And you know it was it sort of it was the, it, this it, is way it, too really... much
0: about great the, like the director of Great Expectations oh, okay. couldn't <laughs> talk about it that, this much. All right, fine. Yeah, it, it's
1: it's also one of those movies. When I think about, it, I'm like, there's a bunch of movies on my also receiving votes list which I haven't come to yet, but we'll get to that. Which I like more than Great Expectations. So I'm not sure why it's on list at 87, but whatever. Not the Great Expectations. Number 86, very fun movie, Con Air. Yep. Do you have Con Air on your list? Yeah. Ah, oh, we'll get to it. Okay, fine. 85, Her. Another recent movie. I'm not sure why I have it this high on the list. I saw it on an airplane. It was okay. Yeah, it was
0: in my. I think it was in my also receiving votes. Yeah. It again. It should have been amazing, and it was just very good.
1: Yeah. So, um, all right, 84, and um, I'm going to disappoint the crowd with this one because people have it all over their top tens. Goodwill Hunting. Okay. We'll talk about it uh, later. I su- yeah, I assume you have it higher on your list. Yep. I guess it just it's only 84, just because. Again, I haven't seen it since I saw it the first time. I'm sure if I saw it again, I have mm-hmm. it higher. Number 83, Boiler Room. We discussed that already. It's in mm-hmm. your also
0: receiving votes. Entertaining movie, fun movie. 82, Boogie Nights. Uh, yeah, my it- the, I, I didn't rank Boogie Nights because I, while I've seen like every part of it multiple times, I've never seen it start to finish. So it would have been on my list, but due to a technicality, I didn't. I didn't permit it to be on my list because I've never ranked it on IMDb. I'm ver- I have very strict rules for what gets in my IMDb rankings, which we've discussed. Uh, that, you know, the second I finish every movie, I rank it on IMDb for whatever reason. Like I, you know, I miss the first ten minutes, then I'll come in or then I'll start it, and I've already seen the middle. So I've seen every scene a bunch of times, but never start to finish, which is why it's not ranked here.
1: Yeah. It's a movie like good Will Hunting that I could have a lot higher on this list. A lot of people do. I think The Boogie Knights is a little bit overrated, though, by people like Bill Simmons and some others. Yeah, I feel like it's, he's it's been bo- carrying the Boogie Knights flag for a while. Yeah. All right. 81, He Got Game.
0: Very, very fun movie.
1: Mm. It, it was just, it, ca- it caught Ray Allen at a perfect time. It was, it was, it caught like Spike, Spike Lee at a perfect time. Are you a fan of He Got Game?
0: I like it, but it didn't make my list.
1: Yeah. This is a movie. I think people sort of forget about it, but uh, although Rotten Tomato said it at 80, which is pretty good. Um, a little bit lower from a Metacritic and IMDb. But he got games A movie I really like. Uh, you know, they also considered both Stephen Marbury and Kevin Garnett for that movie before they settled on Ray Allen. And, you know, they were both Timberwolves at the time. So I remember reading that. Well, Marbury would have been saying,
0: awful. Uh, Garnett doesn't have enough charisma for the movie, I don't think.
1: Well, but the, but the Ray Allen character has no charisma. And that's part of his shtick is that he's so blocked. So, may, like he's so, yeah, so, so maybe
0: Kevin Garnett would have been okay.
1: Well I think the problem is I think Kevin Garnett has too much. Kevin Garnett's too passionate, you know. They needed somebody who was gonna be a little more of a blank slate. You think he would be a uh, Ray yelled, Allen like, by the way is possible and that yeah, been exactly. yeah. Ray Allen, of course, is was I uh, has starred in many movies I love. He's also in the movie Harvard Man, which I think we've discussed before. Is Harvard Man on your list?
0: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I've told you about Harvard Man before, right?
0: No, I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay.
1: I might need to make you watch Harvard Man. Harvard Man is this amazing movie.
0: It's It's not on your list. You can't make me watch it. It's Adrian Grenier. Yeah, Grenier. One of the worst actors in Hollywood.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, this movie, The Acting Star So it's Adrian Grenier, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Ray Allen. And it's such a good movie. So Adrian Grenier. Let me guess. Ray
0: Allen acts circles around both of them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So Adrian Grenier plays the starting point guard for the Harvard basketball team. Okay. Okay. And Ray Allen is the starting shooting guard for the basketball team, mm-hmm. right? So
0: five six and six five, okay, good backcourt.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Sarah Michelle Geller goes to like Boston College, and her father is a big mob guy, and she is Adrian Grenier's girlfriend, and he come and he needs money, and of course he's not on a scholarship because he's at Harvard, and so he decides to throw a game
0: with Sarah Michelle Geller's dad. Why? How? Why did Ray Allen go to Harvard if he's Ray Allen, and he, and there's no scholarships in the Ivy League. Well, I mean, he's not Bray Allen. He's just, oh, so he's, he's not so good. Bar. He's not so good. He's just 6'5". five. Okay.
1: I mean, he's the star of the team, but he's not, like, a future NBA Hall of Famer, obviously. Okay, fine. Got it. Uh, But, you know, so I just think that it was making – first of all, there's also a fantastic scene where Grenier gets really, really stoned on LSD and runs around the Harvard campus. And he runs into, like, Senator Al Franken and a bunch of other people. It's it's very, very funny. There's a number of uh, threesomes in the movie, of course. Oh, also, uh, what's her name? The the girl who always plays really high – Joey Lauren Adams, you know, the woman with the really high voice. Yeah. She plays a professor at Harvard. I can tell you, having gone there, not a lot of professors at Harvard who look like Joey Lauren Adams. Uh, Uh,
0: uh, 4.9 on IMDb, this film (laughs)
1: that you're discussing. (laughs) It's very entertaining. It's a stupid movie, but it's very entertaining. But anyway, so obviously one of the famous scenes in He Got Game is uh, when uh, Ray Allen, Jesus Shuttlesworth, uh, visits uh, Big State and has the uh, threesome with the uh, two white women, correct? Sure. Mm Mm-hmm. And so so Grenier in Harvard Man, and I'm totally spoiling this movie Anybody's anybody going to want to watch it, but I really don't think it matters. Uh, he's torn about whether or not to throw a game because, you know, w- it, he plays for the love of the game and he's going to ruin the integrity of the sport. So he visits Ray Allen's dorm room late at night to ask him, you know, if it's okay to do it. So he knocks on the door and he says, Ray, or whatever the guy's name is in the movie, he says, why do you play basketball? Why are you on this team? And he and Ray Allen opens it a little bit further and you see two white girls in his bed and he's like, this is why I play <laughs> In other words, I don't care what you do.
0: You know, so it's a callback it to a different movie.
1: Basically, yeah, it's a ridiculous movie, uh, very entertaining, and we spent uh, more time talking so about yeah, more Harvard universe. Man
0: than we get on either of our number ones.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> all right, no, uh, so that's my ninety to eighty-one. Okay,
1: if anyone my, has seen Harvard Man, let me know.
0: My, I don't think you're allowed to make a list anymore. Like, I think I think from now on, you're <laughs> also you're just spoiling some of my movies. I feel like we should have cross-referenced these. Uh, number eighty, a movie called Go. I really liked the way it came out. It shows the. Uh, you know, three different perspectives of the same story. Have you ever seen Go? Yeah, I've Go higher on my list, number sixty-five. Well, what a delight Katie Holmes was in the late nineties. Yeah, I was pro Katie Holmes. Was anybody anti Katie Holmes at that point? Is there anybody who liked Michelle Williams more than Katie Holmes? I can't imagine. No, but th- but Sarah, po- this is a Sarah Pauly movie, not a Katie Holmes. movie. No, she was billed first, but she wasn't the main actress in the in the film. I, also, she, I think, you see her in the first third. So. Her perspective is the first third, which you know leads you to sort of have. Yeah, but Sarah back. Polly also became a great director after that. The movie has, I think, uh, what's the name? Victor. I love that guy. By the Always way, Sarah uh what that that documentary she made is one of the most overrated movies of the last like twenty years.
1: Um, Tay Diggs, I think, was in this movie. The, every scene in this movie, I love. It's a great movie.
0: Okay, yeah, no, get, Go goes really good. I could have easily ranked it higher than eighty. Now I'm online, by the way. It says Melissa McCarthy was in her film debut. I forget what she plays in this movie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Her. I love
1: the scene. I love the scene when they're in Vegas and you know they're they're smoking pot with the two bat mitzvah girls <laughs> mm-hmm. with the with the tissues in their nose. Every scene in this movie is really it's a really yeah. good movie. Brecken Mayer bragging about how his mother's mother's mother was black, and Tay Diggs says if you were any less black, you'd be clear.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't all around that good line. movie. You have a good memory for this. Yeah. I vividly remember where I saw this movie also. I was all right, you don't care. All right. No, I actually I was I was gonna make a point where like I when I hear a song. I can frequently, like, call back to where I first heard the song. Similar to podcasts, like, I'll think of something, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember I was, like, walking on the Lower East Side of Manhattan when I heard, you know, that, that joke or whatever for the first time. I also think that 80% of those memories are fake. You know what I mean? I, th- yeah. I do think that, yeah. like, a lot of those, if Possibly. you said, like, because even when you were talking about your story uh, where, where you were watching the movie Ransom, like, your friend had eight opinions on, like, why what you were saying was wrong
1: yeah was it at my house was it at Micah's house was it Aaron's house yeah sure. exactly I,
0: I think a lot of these these stories don't really hold up or you know half of what you say is right and half of what the other person says right yeah
1: so okay I'm gonna tell a story now and I might have to edit this out of the podcast either because it keeps it inappropriate or because it's too long and boring or maybe both but um, in 10th grade I moved to New York I went to a boarding school in New York so I was living in a dorm and uh, my parents were back in Minnesota
0: my my dad dormed in that same uh, building that you did
1: yeah uh, in my room it said uh, Wienicker was here Uh yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so one Saturday night, so I'm in the city alone, and there's a guy who who lived in the New York area, but was also living in the dorm in my high school.
0: He was kind of a problem guy. Well, why would he be living in the dorm if he if he lived in New York? Probably because he was a problem guy, and his parents didn't want him at home. Huh. Supposedly,
1: he had threatened to kill his parents. That was mm. a rumor that was going around. Jeez. So yeah, a, a kid with some issues. So um, but he and I were the only guys in the dorm one Saturday night, and he asked if I wanted to go down and hang out in the village. And I have only been living in New York for about a month, and I've never been to the village. And New York City in the late 90s, by the way, cleaned up, but uh, not as not as commercial and disnified as it is in 2016, for sure. Right?
0: Okay. So True.
1: so I say, sure, let's go down to the village. I've never been there before. And, you know, we were only 16, so I don't know if we are able to get into places, but whatever. So we go down. So he shows up at my door. Like, I get dressed in whatever my going-out clothes are, like a polo shirt or whatever it is. And he shows up at my door, and he's wearing overalls and a straw hat, as if we're going to, like—
0: a farm show that's amazing and he's a new yorker I'm like, I'm, he's not a. yeah
1: yeah so yeah he he later ends up going he served in the military for a while and then 2011 five years ago i organized a, a 10-year reunion for my high school class and he was the randomest and biggest surprise to show up because none of us expected no nobody in my class had been in touch with him but uh but he showed up and he seems to have his head on his shoulders he's, oh really nice he got guy. his act together yeah got his act together mm-hmm. are, are his parents still with us <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so we so we go down to the village and we, and he takes me to these clubs and like they were like the darkest, scariest places for a sixteen year old from Minnesota. These were places that weren't asking for ID, uh, but probably nothing they were doing was legal. And I, and I don't remember what we were doing, but we were going from like club to club, and it was super weird. And then at like two in the morning, he's like, "All right, let's see a movie." And we went in and we saw Go at two in the morning. <laughs> but I felt like I had just had an experience similar to the movie Go, which the the tagline for Go is "Life begins at three a.m." Yes. So. Yeah, so that movie really and and but I've seen it several times since then. I really love Go. Good
0: movie. Um, okay, uh, number seventy nine. Another tiny movie. Uh, that the number eighty was a Katie Holmes movie, and then her counterpart on Dawson's Creek, Michelle Williams, is the star and the only star of a of a small movie about a dog. That's my number seventy nine. Wendy and Lucy. The tagline is: Over the summer, a series of unfortunate happenings trigger a financial crisis for a young woman, and she soon finds her life falling apart. Some movies are, like, about, like, The Lord of Rings, about, like, the fate of the world. And then you have a movie like Wendy and Lucy that's a really small movie. And basically, it's this girl who is traveling around the country who's, who's essentially homeless. And she has no money. And then, like, you know, she gets a parking ticket on her car. And, like, she can't even afford to pay the parking ticket. So she basically has to, like, does she lose her car? And then she has this dog. And it's just her and the dog walking around in, I think, Washington State or Oregon, maybe Portland, something like that. Uh, so it's a small movie, but you really end up caring a lot about the characters. It's a well-made movie. The director Kelly Reichardt—I don't know how to pronounce it—also uh, directed uh, *Night Moves*. Did you see the movie *Night Moves* a couple years ago? No, it was the Jesse Eisenberg uh, movie. Not great.
1: The Jesse Eisenberg movie? I'm not sure if that's known as the
0: Jesse. It was movie. like about. Uh, it was about. It was about like the environmentalists, people, yeah, environmental yeah. terrorism, that sort of thing. But she, yeah. but so she also made a movie this year called *Certain Women*. And people really like that. That supposedly is a really good movie. That also right, stars so you, Michelle Williams. And uh,
1: so you're a big fan of Kelly Reichardt.
0: Well, no, I thought I th- she had one good one, one bad one, and everyone I haven't seen the third one, and everyone says it's really good. So this could be All her right. home run. Okay. But anyway, that's a, if you like dogs or small movies about like a little thing. I think that's worthwhile. That's 79, 78, Donnie Brasco. You know, like a poor man's Goodfellas type of thing. Really well made. You know, solid movie. I don't know how well it would hold up in, in uh, 2016, but in 1997, it was really great. Are you a Donnie Brasco guy?
1: I like it. I'm actually surprised. Only two of our listeners have it on their list. So I don't have it on my list. It's a good movie, but...
0: Uh, yeah, I do think people sort of forget it. You know, they forget about it. And
1: By the way, it's... Yeah, I have it. I have it. It's near the top of my also
0: receiving votes, actually. Okay. So... Yeah. Right right behind The Birdcage. You ever seen The Birdcage? No. I'm sure it's terrible. Uh, 77 and 76 deserve- Burkage is a very funny movie okay. You know what
1: the Burkage is about,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. I, I vaguely remember It was like a big deal um, Oh, it was Nathan Lane I'm not a Nathan Lane guy
1: Yeah, I like Nathan Lane Yeah, it's a movie about Like a guy's coming home To meet his, uh, you know, meet
0: his, his future in-laws Or the girl
1: is in- And the point is that One of them, their parents Are like this very flamboyant Gay couple from Miami And the other one Like the parents are super conservative Okay But yeah, good movie Very funny
0: I'll, I'll, We'll talk about 77 and 76 together We got Con Air and Face Off Two classic movies from nineteen ninety seven. Uh, are they great movies? For, first of all, it's worth saying Face Off is objectively a much better movie than Con Air, and you could argue should be a lot higher on the list. That like you could say, oh, Con Air is not good enough to be on the list, and Face Off should even be higher. Face Off is obviously there's plot holes in both, especially Face Off. <laughs> <laughs> a, a slight plot, hole. but it's an incredible movie. There's when you're like there was nobody cooler than Nicolas Cage, like blowing up the. Plane and... Uh, By the you know. way, this blows my mind. Rotten Tomatoes,
1: 94 for Face Off. Metacritic, yeah. 82. This seems yeah. like a movie they would hate.
0: Yeah, Face Off, because... The thing about it is, like, if you had to say, is it your best you movie of accept, the year? You just
1: have to accept the fact that it's absurd, the idea yeah. that I they think, take Face Off I think it doesn't take knows.
0: itself as seriously yeah. as some other movies. I, but it, it's a delight. You know, they should remake Face Off every 10 years. They should make Face Off 2 with with Cage and Travolta today. What are either of them doing that they would say no to it? Uh, and Conair yeah. also... They can make a new Conair. Steve Buscemi really steers Conair, steals Conair. If you
1: saw Travolta in the OJ show, it seems like he's taken most of his face off with plastic surgery. Anyway, oh boy, but yeah. But by the way, we really are on simpatico here. You have face off at seventy six on your list. I have face off on seventy seven on my list. Oh wow, almost identical.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we go from two not so serious movies to a much more serious movie that's probably higher on a lot of people's Schiller's list. list. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no country for old men, number seventy five. A lot of people really like it. To me, it's a movie I'll never rewatch again. It's not my favorite Coen Brothers movie, but I understand why. For some people, they absolutely love it. Yeah, where, I where, love. The where Coen do Brothers. you rank? Uh, no. I know you have a ranking of all your Coen Brothers movies. I
1: have ranked all the Coen Brothers movies. That is correct. I really love. The Coen Brothers, obviously, you know, from Minneapolis, same
0: era as my my dad. Uh, A Serious Man
1: is basically about my dad's, you know, elementary school. So I really love The Coen Brothers, but No Country for Old Men. For some reason, I just really didn't get. I didn't care about the Jaguar character. You know, maybe I should rewatch it. And I did rewatch
0: it. That's why it's 75 and not out of the top 100.
1: Yeah, I have it pretty low on my Coen Brothers movies rankings. I don't have it in my top 100.
0: Uh, There's probably people who have it in their top 10, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's in our cumulative top 20.
1: And Max Benowitz has it number two all time.
0: Yeah, that's very high, but... It's not crazy. Like, a lot of people think it's a masterpiece. Like, I don't really, I don't have a he beat He has it
1: number two all time. Spencer Parks also has it in the top ten.
0: Uh, number 74, the third Nicolas Cage movie in a four-movie span. I didn't even realize this when I made it. 74, Matchstick Men by Ridley Scott. A movie I watched not knowing what it was about or who was in it. I just, I, I turned it on on HBO. Had never heard of it. And uh, I thought it's really a great movie with a with a cool ending. One of the better endings of any movie on this list. You know, I, I only saw it once, so I don't have like a ton to say about it. Have you ever seen Matchstick Men? No, but I, I really think it's like a hidden gem. I think you should check it out. Yeah, I have not seen it. it. Doesn't feel like a big movie, like it's a Ridley Scott movie. It Doesn't feel like some epic. Yeah, but uh, it really is uh, excellent. Uh, similar to the David Schwimmer movie Trust, this is a tiny movie that will make you feel really creepy after you watch it. Uh, it was not well received, other than the uh, one actress who people thought should be Oscar nominated but wasn't. It's a movie from twenty twelve called compliance i I can't say much about it without giving it away, but it's a really interesting movie basically uh people work at a fast food restaurant cop comes in or a cop claims that uh, an employee stole from a customer, but there's a lot more than uh than it seems Dreamer Walker is the star of the movie she's really good and Anne Dowd, who you've seen in a bunch of things is uh is great in um in compliance and doubt you'd know better if you see if you've watched the leftovers she's patty from the leftovers uh so she plays like a really you know she could she's good at playing like a mean like sort of like authoritative woman anyway compliance is really good it won't be one of the movies I make you watch probably but if you haven't seen it i think that you it, it will make your skin crawl like it's the probably the creepiest movie on the whole list but i also think it's maybe worth watching speaking of make your skin crawl There's a scene in number 72 that's uh, one of the more violent scenes in movie history, but it's also kind of like a rollicking good time. Uh, Not that scene, but most of the rest of the movie. American History X. Who doesn't love American History X?
1: Great movie.
0: Uh, Do you have this on your top 100? I do. Okay. I have American History X at
1: 33. Mm -hmm. I'm embarrassed to say, especially as a uh, Jew, not popular with the the, uh, neo-Nazi crowd, that the song, you know the song that the fat Nazi
0: sings in the car? Yes. You would like to sing that song? (laughs) It's terrible. Yeah, that's not good.
1: <laughs> that song is shooting up the tracks though this year with uh, with Donald Trump in the race. So yeah,
0: I don't know if it's on. <laughs> right, so the director of that movie, Tony Kay, has really never done anything, and I think he made some big movie that he wouldn't put his name on or something. But he made a he made a small movie with Adrian Brody that I actually like called Attachment about like a like a pathetic teacher that has a really big cast, but nobody ever really saw it. Adrian Brody, Marshall Gay Harden, James Con, Christina Hendricks, Lucy Liu, Blythe Danner, Tim Blake Nelson, William Patterson, Brian Cranston. Isaiah Whitlock no, Jr. Solid, like a serious solid. cast, but it's a tiny movie. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's very dark, even like cinematography-wise. That's Detachment, that did not make my list. Do you, uh, are you an Ed Norton fan? I feel like, you know, you know what movie people love that I don't know how many lists it's on that, that people our age really loved when we were kids? Is Primal Fear.
1: Great movie. And that was really his debut. Yeah. I, I, the That's thing Richard, is, H- Richard Gere is the lawyer, right? Yeah. That's an incredible movie. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's one of the more underrated movies of the ninth. I mean, people in our sort of demo, it's not underrated at all. But I feel like the people don't know about it, like don't realize how much people loved it. Edward Norton, like what has his post 2000 career really been? Like, listen to listen to how he starts his career. It's incredible. Primal Fear, People versus Larry Flint, Rounders, American History X and Fight Club within three years of each other. Yeah. Dynamite. like a ludicrous and then it's like the score i don't I, without clicking on that i don't remember what it is death to smoochie the italian job down in the valley the illusionist okay incredible hulk stone birdman moonrise Moon kingdom born legacy i like moonrise kingdom and the, uh, grand budapest hotel which i don't like and birdman which oh. i really don't like i love grand budapest hotel my not liking it doesn't mean it doesn't get credit for it because it one best picture and stuff yeah. I feel like in
1: in real life, he'd be a little bit of an annoying of a friend to have.
0: Yeah, I I, I feel like he's not as big of a star as he should be, and that might be like people don't like him behind the scenes or something.
1: But Primal Fear, I think it's similar and also forgotten in the same sense as Fear. Remember Fear, the Matt Damon movie?
0: Yes. Where he
1: also plays sort of a scary, you know, guy. Yeah, I don't
0: remember it so much, but I hear your comparison.
1: Yeah, Fear, he plays like a boyfriend. Uh, I was actually, I would have assumed that Fear came out of like 1991 or 92 also, but I looked it up, it came out in 1996. A little Mm -hmm. bit surprising. Yeah, Matt Damon's obviously had a different career than uh, Ed Norton. All right, what's number 71 on your list? Uh,
0: 71 is a David Fincher movie called Seven. S-E-7-E-N. Interesting spelling Uh, I like how you
1: explain Seven as if I've never heard of it.
0: No, but I just like the spelling of the movie, that it's S-E. Yeah. By the way, he doesn't make a lot of small movies. Listen to Fincher's filmography. Alien 3, then Seven, The Game, Fight Club, Panic Room, Zodiac, Social Network, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, Gone Girl. Like, you've seen every single movie he's ever made, basically. No d- yeah, I mean, he's,
1: he's a good director. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm saying, but, like, certain guys, like, they have some duds or whatever. Like, you know, he doesn't mess around. He even directed a couple episodes of House of Cards, which I've never seen.
1: Yeah, this is a movie that a lot of our listeners absolutely love. Two of our listeners have it number one all time. Yeah. It's the only movie that has multiple people have it number one all wow. time. Wow. Obviously, Brad Pitt saying "What's in the box? What's in the box?" Sure. Is, is you know just. I classic, do think people. Re-
0: it's one of those movies where people remember the great scenes a little bit more, and then like a, some of the slower scenes and stuff. Where like if you would rewatch it now, you would be on your phone a little bit, you, even though it is a it's, really it's, good movie. Yeah, it's really dark. It's a little too dark for me,
1: honestly. I prefer slightly lighter fare, as you can tell from my list. On that note, should we get to my eighty through seventy? We'll yeah, see a lot what, of uh, why don't you, uh, lighter uh, for movies here. Yeah. All right, number 80, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Okay. Obviously, it's not as good as, as the book, but I love Hunter S. Thompson. I think I've, I've told you, I, I recommended that you read his uh, story about when he went to watch the Kentucky Derby, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you read it? No, not yet. Send me the link and I'll send me the link. Yeah. Right
1: it's not the best, Johnny Depp. It's not the best, Hunter S. Thompson, but it's what we got. So that's number 80. 79, Pleasantville, which we discussed on the last podcast. 78, Days and Confused. That's another movie you'll stop and watch every single time.
0: Okay, I like it, but I don't love it.
1: Yeah, uh, have you seen Everybody Wants Them yet?
0: No, it's on. It's on my like next up list, but uh, after you know, I didn't get it. It's not award season, so nobody's sending out the uh, the guild uh, movies. So I'm gonna have to. You know, soon I'll be able to see it. Yeah, Tim Linscombe, obviously with a starring role in Days and Confused, uh, number
1: seventy-seven Face Off we just discussed, number seventy-six, and this is kind of random, but uh, so I went through the list of you know, when I was going through the list of movies, it only had some documentaries, so I would never remember that the, this movie, but it was on the list. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was a good movie, and it must have been nominated for an Oscar. I don't know if it was on the list, The Life and Times of Hank Greenberg. Okay, you know it's a it's a it's not and I've seen a lot of documentaries that are similar to it, so this is sort of a an honorary spot. It's you know it's first of all I love old baseball movies I love you know Ken Burns made uh, the the 9 innings of baseball and the 10th inning I watched all of that that's like 20 hours of movies but it's great I love old baseball I have even more baseball charts than I have any other sport um, I can tell you exactly where I have Hank Greenberg ranked all time among first basemen among tigers among jews among many other lists but good movie Hank Greenberg a great player you know probably the best non-yankee hitter of his era and um, you know which means other than Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig um, maybe Jimmy Fox, you know, also overcame a lot of anti-Semitism, you know, was sitting out games for, uh, for Yom Kippur, uh, 30 years before Sandy Koufax did 75 gravity. Um, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Gravity. I just thought it's, it's stunningly beautiful. Yeah. And you know, considering that you're spending the entire gravity was so much better than Mars talking about movies of, uh, somebody lost in, lost in space by themselves. Um, uh, Mars is just, you know, Matt Damon's so proud of himself. You're talking about the Martian. You're calling it Mars, but you mean the Martian. Oh, sorry. Yeah. The oh, no. I uh, will talk about <laughs> The Martian later, but it's infinitely better than Gravity. Oh. Totally disagree. The Martian, super overrated movie. Don't understand why it was nominated for things. It's entertaining. It's fine, but nothing special about it. Gravity is, is really beautiful, really emotional. I mean, Sandra Bullock is it's probably the only Sandra Bullock movie I have on this list, actually. I'm not a huge Sandra Bullock. Oh, that's not true. But, yeah, I'm not a huge Sandra Bullock fan normally. Number 74, Training Day. Denzel you know, has to be a bad guy to finally win his Oscar.
0: Yeah, classic as, uh, Denzel movie. As the movie. rappers
1: like to say. Can't argue with it. The twist in this movie, it's, it's really well done. Uh, Ethan Hawke, by the way. A lot of Ethan Hawke on my list. I'm a little bit surprised. Um, but yeah, very good movie. Number 73. This is a movie that people have definitely forgotten. Uh, speaking about Matt Damon. The Talented Mr. Ripley.
0: Yeah. People did forget it.
1: Amazing movie. Amazing movie. Uh, and yeah, people totally forget it. Uh, what's your opinion on Talented Mr. Ripley? I never saw it. Oh, okay. You absolutely have to see this movie. I don't know if I'm going to make you, but no,
0: it's nothing in outside your top fifty should be a making the other person movie. It shouldn't make the. It shouldn't make that. All
1: right, number seventy-two. Another movie from nineteen ninety-eight starring Gwyneth Paltrow that no one else would have on their list. I must have had a thing for her when I was fifteen. I don't really know. Sliding doors. Have you seen sliding Sliding doors?
0: Shakespeare in love. I was going to get really mad. (laughs) Have you seen sliding doors? No, I feel like I saw the commercial so much that I've seen the movie, but I haven't.
1: So I love the the reason I have sliding doors here is especially when I was fifteen. This is a movie that really makes you think. The whole idea of you know you just make a subway, you just miss a subway, and how that can totally change your life. And yeah, the premise of the movie is she just makes a train or just misses the train, and you see how her life goes in two different directions based on whether she gets on the train or whether she has to wait for the next one. Uh, mm-hmm. I love that idea. I've spent you know way too much time in my life imagining what would have happened if I would have went this way instead of that way, if I would have went to this school instead of that school. In real life, I think the answer is you probably end up in the same place much more frequently than you think you would, because you know you have the same family, you have the same friends, you have the same
0: community. All right. uh, there may be another movie coming up soon that will make us discuss that very you know type of effect. All right, and
1: then number seventy-one on my list: Dallas Buyers Club. Okay,
0: I actually never saw it.
1: Oh, I thought you see every single movie. How do you not see a movie that was nominated for and like? Um, I'll
0: like tell you what. I I just sometimes if the ceiling is too low, I won't see it. Like I. I, like, people said, eh, it's pretty good, but I knew it wasn't like nobody was saying this is the best movie of the year.
1: So you only watch the best movie of each year. I see. Got the it, number
0: okay. one movie of each year, yes. My list is going to end very soon. <laughs> <'cause>... <laughs> it's just You make
1: fun of me for not seeing movies. That's a movie that, like, uh, whatever. No, right. there, there, uh, there are, you didn't
0: see Titanic. Like, Dallas Buyers Club versus Titanic. It's a blot. Yeah, but Titanic, I went, I went out of my way to not see out of principle. Okay, well, that's, I mean, maybe you shouldn't be making this sort of list then. Okay.
1: All right. Okay. Number 70 on your list. Let's go.
0: Okay. I, I, I do have a soft spot in my heart for, like, like the coming-of-age stories for older teens. Not, like, young adult-type movies, but uh, – so anyway, this is one of them. I, do, I really like the spectacular now. There were three movies of very similar ilk that came out uh, in a very short time span, and I won't discuss all of them now because I think there's uh, one a little later on my list. So I'll, I'll get back to this, um, that, and the third one, and the other – from uh, really, really uh, the grotesque Seinfeld line, like it's very cringy, The Elaine's this, that and the other. Right. I, I, that almost has no place. Well, in the Seinfeld others refer to sex. I know. But it's just so like, cheesy that to me, it's one of to me, it's one of the worst. Uh, it's one of the worst scenes That's in the a, show.
1: To me, spectacular now is just first of all. Well, Miles I'm talking Teller about Sine. Really, I was talking about Simon, not. Uh, yeah, not spectacular. Enough, yeah. To me, spectacular now. I think that Miles Teller is super annoying. I mean, did you see that interview with him uh, like a year uh, last year? No. What did he do? In G, in, oh my God! There was this amazing interview with him in GQ. I think it was like Chuck Close or somebody. Where he's just he's the biggest douchebag bro in
0: the universe. He's like a thousand times worse. than Oh, is he like the DJ? Is he like a DJ? He's, He's a terrible person. If Boseman if uh, I mean, wrote yeah. it and, and, and um, linked to it, then I definitely read it. But it doesn't ring a bell right now.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't remember exactly. But um, although I have one of his movies very high on my list, which we'll get to, of course, although it's not because of him that I have it that high. You have Miles um, Teller
0: high. I do like James Ponsell, the director of this movie. Uh, I mentioned Smash, the movie where uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Aaron Paul are alcoholics. Uh, I like that, and uh, The End of the Tour, which is about an author that I like very much, David Foster Wallace, that I had to read a lot of him when I was an English major in Yeshiva University, the hopefully soon-to-be-defunct Yeshiva University.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. Oh, my
0: goodness. I'm joking. I you like, shaded, you're well, all a modern. No, I like it. Uh,
1: maybe, maybe you should write a check. You don't like it that much.
0: Well, I, I feel like the check I would have to write to keep them in business would be would be pretty large. <laughs> yeah. When when all this podcasting money you know starts rolling in, I'm I'm writing them a big check. We always I always ask the question. Uh, you know, of course, we went to private high schools, and then we went to college, and we also went to like uh, gap school in uh, in Israel. When we, I mean, me, you, and most of our peers, and I often I like to ask people if you had to give money to your high school, your gap year school, which, and then your college, like who are you giving money to? Now you didn't go to yeshiva like I did, or you didn't graduate from yeshiva at least. So between the high school you went to, which is my, the, the, the attached to the college I went to, so your high school, then the school you went to in Israel, or University of Pennsylvania, who were you giving, uh, let's say you have this pretend $10 million uh, inheritance, who were you giving your money to? Well,
1: well s- some of our friends make fun of me, because when I was at Penn, I wrote a letter to the editor, of the commentator, the Yeshiva University paper, lauding the university and saying that I would much sooner give money to Yeshiva than any other institution. And, you know, the only thing that would give me pause to give them money today is their financial mismanagement sure. of their money over the what last 15 years. What are they going to do with your years.
0: money? I feel like uh, I'm not, I, I yeah. don't have a lot of confidence.
1: Like, I could just, you know, I can burn it directly without sending it to Bernie Madoff to do so.
0: Ooh. Um, so, soon. <laughs> so that yeah, – You may as well I, – I, I honestly, like, could I turn around and give it to the Mets? Could I give my $10 million to the Mets? Which I know are not a in non-for-profit, terms of, but they're yeah. kind of run like a non-for-profit yeah. in terms of mismanagement.
1: Um, I, so I I would give money to your alma mater before any of my schools. Okay. That's absurd. bizarre Although, again, answer, although, sure.
0: because, because
1: I, I support the institution and what it stands for, even if they have some current financial woes. Do,
0: your, your graduate school alma mater, do you believe it's unethical to give money to Harvard, which is basically like a gigantic corporation?
1: Same thing with Penn. You know, um, Greg Easterbrook talks about this all the time. When you give money to Harvard or Penn or a school like that, you're giving money either for your own ego or you're giving money so that your kids can get into school. Sure.
0: You're doing it to make yourself. Feel good.
1: If it's the former, then, you know, whatever, lame. If it's the latter, totally understandable. And, you know, if my kid wanted to go there, there's a chance I might, you know, write a check when I was getting close yeah, uh, to the that, that would it, have to be a big check, probably. Yeah, I don't know if I have Yeah, <laughs> if, if I have an, enough of a check. to No, but I, I actually read a study once that showed the alumni giving to their alma maters, and it was a chart relative to the age of their children. And it, unsurprisingly, it
0: peaks when their children are ages 14 to 18. So, shocking.
1: You know, uh, uh, universities understand the game.
0: Okay, so right? I, I wonder, has anyone ever been like... Because these things are never, like, signed, right? Has anyone ever, like, given, like, has anyone ever given, like, $2 million to a school and they'll be like, sorry, your kid is just too freaking dumb. We can't take him. (laughs) Like, he'll bring our average SAT score down by 200. Like, has that ever happened? Yeah,
1: it's obviously not a straight quid pro quo. But I'm
0: sure that when you're chummy enough with university that you're giving six or seven and a lot of times it's a it's a a pledge you're not physically handing them all or even well what
1: i was going to say is if you're close enough with the school that you're giving them that much money then they're also going to be frank with you about whether your kid is going to get in sure right it's not a surprise i don't think i can't imagine that they're surprising people who are giving them millions of dollars but yeah but if you want if you want to make if you have 10 million dollars to give and you want to have an impact on education you could give that to 10 smaller liberal arts schools and it have a far broader income uh, impact than it would have at Harvard.
0: Uh, i'm sure your money would do really well at oberlin yeah don't give money to Harvard. Yeah.
1: Don't give money to Oberlin right now no, because uh, no, you read definitely the New Yorker don't.
0: article. Oh yeah. Oberlin is a bunch of
1: monsters. Yeah, they they are like out of control. Oh boy. It's crazy how long ago we went to college, considering I know. you know that we're not that old.
0: I'm sure people said this about us, but it truly is the worst generation. At Yeshiva University, how many times were you told to check your privilege? <laughs> the phrase wasn't even invented until uh... Yeah. I do no, know I'm I'm I do know city. the inventor of popularizer of of that saying. It could be a good podcast. Um, number uh, seventy was spectacular. Oh, the one thing I want to say about James Ponsolt with uh, with number with the spectacular now is uh, he directed the end of the tour, which did not make my top hundred. But the David Foster Wallace movie, if you like him, I feel like it was a well made movie. It's not perfect, but Jason Segel is David Foster Wallace. Jesse Eisenberg is in it. Uh, yeah, Rolling Stone reporter uh, interviewing him throughout the uh, show, and it's really uh, throughout the movie, it's really pretty well made considering it's a, kind of a dense subject. Uh, So I recommend that movie. Love DFW. Number 69, Room. One of my favorite movies of last year. I read the book. I loved it. I kind of forgot about it. And then I saw like this trailer, like, oh, Brie Larson starring in Room. And I'm like, oh, man, I love that book. Uh, It was such a great book. And I I literally like had not given it a second's thought in, I don't remember when the book was written, but it had to have been years. Uh, And then I'm like, oh, they're going to mess this up. And while, of course, the movie was not as good as the book, it was great. It went a little further, I believe, chronologically, um, like further on past the thing. There is an issue where the, you, you sort of know how the climactic scene is going to play out. Even so, my wife, who did not know, the, who doesn't read books and didn't read that book, um, was like, you're like sweating. D- did you see Room? No, we discussed Oh yeah, yeah. the end of the year So like you're sweating podcast. during the main scene in Room. It is one of the great, like most, you know, suspenseful movie scenes of all time. You're literally like on the edge of your seat. The problem is you sort of know what's gonna happen It happens a little early in the movie uh you know if you were if you were scripting a movie without the novel, that scene would have happened in the final quarter and not like the first half of the movie but what are you gonna do uh you know they did a good job of staying loyal to the book uh I, I just think rewatchability other than that one scene it has none so I can't put it much higher than uh number sixty nine but I think it is Brie Larson's great, but the kid should have won every single award because the kid was unbelievable. And the kid's in every – it's his point of view. So the kid is in I, – I think I made this point during our Top Ten Movies of the Year podcast, but yeah. the kid is in every scene in the movie. Uh, he's should, be not, should not be a supporting actor. Should be – Yeah. yeah he, oh, yeah. Right, he was supporting. That was absurd. Uh, number 68, Best Worst Movie. Yes. The name of the movie is Best Worst Movie. Okay. Best Worst Movie is a documentary about the making of the film Troll 2 which is considered by a lot of people to be the worst movie of all time. You know, prove the point. There is no Troll 1. It's just Troll 2, and it's supposedly awful. So it goes into the main of the movie, the cult-like status, and it's just like a feel-good, fun movie about this, you know, absolutely atrocious film. It's a little bit like The Room. Uh, Are you familiar with The Room? Your number 69 movie? No, not Room. The Room. So The Room is considered by a lot of people the worst movie ever made along with Troll 2. The Room is, they're making a James Franco movie. About, I, I don't know. I, I don't, it's a It's a fictional movie. The Best Worst Movie is a documentary about how this atrocious movie was made. I, I don't know. I think The Room is going to be more of, I don't know if it's going to be a fake, like a mockumentary. I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be. I know that uh, our beloved Nathan Fielder is in it, so that should be good. 67. Changeling. Have you ever seen Changeling? Yeah, good movie. Yeah, I don't. I feel like if I rewatched it, I would knock it down closer to a hundred, maybe. But I also when like I say, I gave these movies uh, a grade the second I, I watched them, and I'm very. Um, it's easy if I'm watching the movie to get a seven, but it's hard to get a nine or a ten. Changeling got a ten, which is just like the second I my gut instinct the second I finish the movie. Um, you know the story. I love true crime, so the story is like a classic true time true crime type film Angel- in, in 1920s la is a sort of an under
1: discussed era i think
0: yeah the early like right? the whole early century you, like la confidential which is not on my list is also like another really good like oh, the wow. old school la yeah. movies what that what is you're saying oh wow that it's not on my list
1: yeah it's i just don't movie. have
0: enough of recall for uh yeah. i really like listen first of all i love clint Eastwood. Yeah, but look, you've this seen is not so, the you've end seen of-
1: so many movies you've seen so many movies of new york or boston or whatever, sure in the 1920s you haven't seen a lot about la
0: uh, anyway, I wanted to talk about Angelina Jolie because I think this is her, the last time she's coming up on the, the uh, podcast. One of the fun things from the, uh, the leaks, the, um, the, what, the Sony leaks, was like that some of like, the Sony executives thought she was like uh, Brad and she wasn't talented. Uh, listen to the films that Angelina Jolie has directed. A documentary called A Place in Time that uh, nobody saw and has a 5.5 on IMDb. A movie called In the Land of Blood and Honey that nobody saw that has a 4.3 on IMDb, which is all like that. You have to like have Paris Hilton in your movie to get a 4.3. OK. OK. Unbroken, which everyone who read the book says is like the best book they've ever read in your life. Like, I can't tell you how many people said, like, you need to read this, movie, this book about an Olympian who like, lives on a uh, boat for like two months and then he becomes a POW, and it's the best book I've ever read. And then, like, oh, I saw the movie, and it's garbage. And, like, the reviews were actually mediocre, but I feel like any director on Earth makes that movie, like, a Best Picture nominee. And so, like, there are certain movies that are hard to mess up, and somehow she messed it up. And then By the Sea, which has Brad Pitt in it, a 5.3. So if Angelina Jolie is directing your movie, on average, your movie will be worse than an Adam Sandler Netflix movie.
1: Okay, so she's not a great director.
0: No, she's like an atrocious director. But she's a good actress, yeah. and I like Changeling. Uh, on, a, on a brighter note, from '67, Changeling, to '66, there's something about Mary. It's hard to, you know, when Wedding Crashers came out, uh, The Hangover was a phenomenon. So I feel like that's its own level. Like that movie made much more money than, than uh, I think any of the other comedies we're talking about. But what Wedding Crashers was less, like came out of nowhere, and people were like, wow, this is great. But there's something about Mary had that. If, in 1998, like, it wasn't supposed to be this big movie. The Farley brothers, like, obviously they had a bunch of big movies under their belt. Uh, former Seinfeld writers, the family brothers. Um, but they they didn't... Wow, I would not have guessed that. That's surprising to me. Well, if you listen to... It seems like, the, the, seems like their humor is so different. Well, I think they only wrote... Uh, you know, Jerry and Larry really, like, spit out the writers from the writers don't you? Don't I do a Seinfeld podcast that you listen to for two hours every week? You've never heard of about this? Um, I think... Uh, anyway, so... The, there was just something about – like, Cameron Diaz really explodes out of this movie, and obviously Ben Stiller is at the peak of his powers. But, like, there was – Brett Favre. A, and, and the Brett Favre stuff. It was, like, very – you know, it was a big deal then to have this, like, you know NFL MVP, three-time reigning NFL MVP in, the, uh, in, like, just in your movie. It was very current. But there was just, like, some really great gags for the trailer that got people very excited. And I feel like this was, like – I, I if I remember correctly, I'm not, like, a box office follower – but I remember, like, in its, like, ninth week, it ended up being number one for the first time. Like, it really had this incredible word of mouth where it kept growing. Yeah. Uh, and it was, like, an event comedy, which you don't – there's very the, few of. The, zi- the, zip, the zipper scene is
1: probably the most cringeworthy, disturbing thing ever put on film.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think they could get away with the special needs stuff now with um, – what, what, what's the brother's name?
1: Yeah, I don't remember. I, honestly, I, it was a huge phenomenon. But I think when you rewatch it, it's not nearly as rewatchable as a lot of. I these think you're right, comics. but it was
0: so funny when you watch that. I, it definitely belongs on the list. But I hear what you're the, saying.
1: Like the the, the the famous, obviously, like the semen scene, really makes no sense whatsoever. No, like the idea that he'd be un whatever. Yeah, <laughs> unaware of where it went. Sure, and, and that and that she would, have, you know, But
0: anyway. there's a lot of quotable stuff from the '90s, like the like the seven minute ab stuff, and there's a, there was a lot of. Uh, you know, have you seen my baseball? Like, who didn't say that a lot when they were, when they were in high school? Um, uh, 65, you know, a couple movies here will be influenced by the fact that I see them a lot with my kids. But Monsters, Inc. is a really well-made movie with a lot of heart. Uh, it is a funny movie, and I've rewatched it 20 times because my kids at one point really loved it. Now they don't care about it anymore. So that's my 65. Have you ever seen Monsters, Inc.? Nope. You made a crazy declaration last week that your son will not watch television. But at a certain point no, I did, soon... I, 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 never, I never said my son will not watch television. I just said my son has not watched television. Uh, okay, that's even weirder. Um, and
1: I, well, I said he has no interest in television, I think is what I said.
0: I think it's... Uh, except, that's except, come when, soon. except
1: when his father is wearing sports.
0: Right. Well, sports. sports isn't TV. Sports is a separate category. Yeah, but he, but he does watch YouTube videos, so... Uh, yes, that's kind of like TV. So he's like, he's like an ultra-Orthodox guy. He's like, oh, we don't have a television, but I, I'm up to date on 34 different television shows because of Netflix and Hulu.
1: Wait, Really? Is that a thing? Oh, people!
0: Now I think it's like past being a thing, but it was at a certain point. Like people wouldn't have TVs, but they would. That's completely
1: hypocritical, but I guess that's your point. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, Okay. Sixty-four. The Butterfly Effect. The movie I referenced uh, before. It's hard to like Uh, really justify having an Ashton Kutcher movie on this list, but when you're saying, "Oh, Akiva," you're not really in touch with the people. There were people who had this movie incredibly high on our lists.
1: Yeah, I mean the stigmata thing where he stabs his hands. You know that this is a movie. Also, it made me think a lot. I really like the idea of. Uh, even though I don't really like tr- time travel movies, I like this one.
0: Is it a better movie with with someone other than Ashton?
1: By the way, I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, Jake Larson has this movie twentieth. No one else has it on their list at all.
0: Okay, so I just saw one list, but that's still twenty is very
1: yeah. high. It, would it be higher without Ashton Kutcher? I don't know why we have to punish Ashton Kutcher.
0: You know, no, I'm I not know. punishing. Him. I'm putting his movie at number uh, sixty-four. Uh, no, but but, you're, on my but list.
1: you're you're saying that he holds the movie down, that it'd be higher? Without. No, I'm just asking.
0: I'm saying if there was, if oh. you know. I don't
1: know. You know, Bill Simmons made that idiotic comment about how, oh, every single um, Leo movie would be better with Matt Damon. Uh, I don't agree with things like that. I think that's a dumb Would this movie be better with Matt Damon? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be more famous, I suppose. Problem is that this is the issue with Ashton Kutcher, that he makes a movie. This is the problem with Spectacular Now. It's the idea that, oh, here's a girl. She's a real nerd. Nobody likes her, even though she's actually gorgeous, right? And when she's all that, it's almost so stupid that it's a joke. But in but in a movie like the Spectacular Now, it's not taken as a joke, which is why it annoys me. And so Butterfly Effect, for most of the movie, and obviously there's different way, you know, in some of them he's a cool frat dude. But in most of the versions of Butterfly Effect, he's like a nerd. And I'm sorry, Ashton Kutcher would not be a nerd if he went to college. Mm-hmm a guy who's 63 with those looks no matter what even if he was smart and bookish he would still be very popular and cool with the ladies so i hear you i in that in sen- so in that sense another actor might have been able to pull it off better i suppose okay but i i have no serious issue with that movie with him being in it no qualms yeah. qualm i am qualmless without qualm
0: to get back to uh, the spectacular now for a second which was uh 70 uh, 70 overall at 63 i have the way way back which came out the same summer Similar idea of like you know it's a kid who's like maybe a junior or senior in high school, and like this is how he's going to spend this summer, and uh well, the third one was called "Oh the Kings of Summer with Nick Offerman, okay, so the three movies were the Kings of Summer, the Way, Way Back, and the Spectacular now uh the Kings of Summer did not make my list, uh but I did like it you know it's they're in the woods, and they sort of have like this fort and they sort of make the, they ran away from home and and their dad is uh, Ron Swanson, and it's a good time. But I like the Way Way Back. You didn't see it, right? It's a it's a kid who goes like to some. Yeah. Uh, well, why why you insulting me? The way I love the Way Way Back. It's okay. On my list.
1: It's on my. It's on my honorable mentions list.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's really good. That's
1: a movie where the kid is a believable nerd. Yes. The, you
0: know, believable term- nerd. Yeah. You know, you really like the relationship between him and the uh, and like the the way too old lifeguard at the. By the way, I don't know if it's like we went to summer camps or I went to summer camps. Maybe you were underprivileged, I don't remember, out there in Minnesota. Like, the counselors stop being counselors when they're, like, 19. And in these movies, like, the camp counselors and these lifeguards are, like, 45. Okay, 62. This is a movie that people had really high. I really like it. We we discussed this uh, director uh, 10 movies ago with seven. It's David Fincher. It's Zodiac. Uh, Of course, I love true crime, so I'm partial to movies like, you know, Zodiac Killer is one of the top five true crime stories of all time. Uh, do you know what, like, in, ter- in terms of American true crime, it, you know, for unsolved or not, people aren't convinced that they're solved, it might be number two. Do you know what number one is? Lindbergh Baby? I don't know. No, that's too old. It, the Lindbergh Baby is probably in the top five or 10. Uh, it's, without question, it's the John Binet Ramsey cases. It was by 100 miles number one. Oh. Uh, like, if you go to, like, unsolved mysteries or unresolved mysteries on Reddit, like you're not even allowed to post about it. like it's so it has its own thread you can't just like start a John Bene Ramsey thread the Zodiac Killer is big I, I'd actually say Adnan Sayed is probably in the top three at this point uh just because it's serial it's a huge movie it's sort of a like sprawling movie that um got very little press when it was when it was there but then you had people say like oh this is my number one movie of the year this is like you know, I, I saw someone who had it as the number one movie of the decade. I think the late Roger Ebert was obsessed with it, but I could be wrong. Maybe Will Laitch really loved it. Like, there were some people who were, like, super on board with Zodiac. Have you ever seen it? No, Jerome, our aforementioned Jared Jerome, he has it in the top ten. And uh, Bob,
1: Fe- Bob Phelan has it in the top 20.
0: Yeah, it's, t- it's totally reasonable. First of all, the cast is is knockout. You have, you have Jake Gyllenhaal, Ruffalo, uh, Anthony Edwards in a rare, uh, you know, movie role, post-ER, and Robert Downey Jr., uh, Chloe Sevigny. You have like a lot of serious actors in there. They do a great job of of sort of like building suspense without really answering the question of who did it. IMO, I- I- as far as I remember. I've only seen it once. Which, uh, it also, like, the movies I've only seen once tend to fall back into this 50-60 range a lot more. Whereas if I saw this movie again, I might say, oh, it's a masterpiece. It should be number 20. Uh, but you've never seen it. Okay, that's on the short list. I don't think that's going to make my you have to watch it but it's it's definitely in the conversation 61 yeah, i'm sure i'd enjoy it 61 i'm not going to make you watch cuz i'm i'm not you know i don't i'm not a a hater and i know you hate not only do you hate this movie that you've never seen you hate people who like this movie and i'm probably lower on it than a lot of people but uh, eternal Sp- sunshine of the spotless mind is a really good movie maybe it's like uh, over some people's heads and mine included in terms of like what's going on you can't make me mo- ma- see a movie i've already seen oh you have seen it
1: of course, I've seen it. Why would I hate it if I hadn't? Seen
0: it? Oh, you, so you didn't say you said you hate it? Well, because sometimes you just hate irrational things. You hate it because you hate. Pe- you don't hate it. You hate people who like it. Is that your thing? No, <laughs> you're trying to turn against the viewers. I no, that's remember. what you said. You said I, I will. I could never be friends with anyone who liked that movie. Direct quote. From no, you. I no. I said I can never be
1: friends with anybody who had that and adaptation and um, the other one. As if they said those were the three. Their three favorite movies ever. What was the other one? And Lost in Translation. Those were the three movies that I all thought were similar. They all came out around the same time, and, and people really overhyped all three of them, I thought. That was my opinion. Okay. But I, I saw it once years ago, and something about – I just found it really slow, really boring. I found it kind of unwatchable, honestly. But who knows? Who knows what, 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 what frame of mind it was in in uh,
0: 2004. Uh, by the way, LeBron James, they asked him if he was uh, upset that, uh, that you know, the, the Cavs are underdogs. Of course, they're going to be underdogs. The other team won
1: 73 games.
0: And he said, underdog, overdog, it doesn't matter. And I, he sort of went down a lot in my mind by saying the word overdog. Well, but overdog is the great word. What should you say, favorite? Yeah, you say favorite because that's the opposite of underdog. Overdog is not a word.
1: One of the things that's annoyed me is how the, there's no opposite for the word undefeated, right? Winless doesn't really do it, right? Like when you talk about the 0-16 Lions, there's, there's no really good term to refer to them as. I have no problem with winless. This is a, this is a lukewarm take. Yeah. All right. Okay. So let's get to my seventy through sixty-one. Number seventy, we already discussed Munich. Uh, Munich is a very good movie. Uh, number sixty-nine, probably one of the most beautiful movies on my list, The Road to Perdition. I think it's actually just Road okay. to Perdition.
0: Uh, it's remember when I discussed like a whole summer of uh, movies that I would go with these like two girls and I fell asleep during it, and this one girl would get really mad like why do you want to go to the movies if you're going to fall asleep? No, you haven't told me that. Uh, yeah, I've I've told that story in the podcast. What? So before. you were anyway, going to, you were um,
1: you were going to movies with two girls and you were falling asleep. Yep. So, well, oh, bad job. Well, actually, my first date with my now wife, uh, we went to a movie, Troy, and I fell asleep. So,
0: Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah. She left, um, went into
1: the bathroom, called her friend, and said, what am I supposed to do? He's sleeping.
0: This was your first date? First date. You fell asleep on your first date? Yeah. <laughs> but you knew each other. This wasn't a blind like setup, was it? Well, I mean, we known each other for five days. Oh, that's... Where'd you meet? We, we were working together
1: that summer. We met, you know, we were okay. fellow interns at the same office, and we were hanging out in a group. And I called her, the rest of the group was at a restaurant, and I called mm-hmm. her and said, do you want to see a movie? And she said, she sort of started asking around, oh, does anybody want to see a movie with Alex? And I said, well, I was just asking you. And then all, all the idiots in the background went, ooh. And
0: then, um, you know, we went to see the movie what, together. You, did you ask her on Saved by the Bell? Like, why was there a crowd?
1: No, because she just happened to be with the rest of the people from our okay. intern class all oh, at her, a restaurant her, when I called. Okay. They were all at a restaurant okay. that I wasn't eating at. Um, got it, got I, it. I was in my I was in my apartment when I called her, and they all did got that it. Stupid
0: ooh! They, you weren't
1: invited out. I got it. I got yeah. It. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then we um, and then I went to sleep, and then I fell asleep because I. What movie
0: did you go to? Troy. Okay, so you went to Troy, and you fell asleep.
1: There was a stage in my life for about a decade where I did not watch a movie in theaters that I did not fall asleep during. I would fall asleep during every single movie. All
0: right, so maybe this is why we podcast together <laughs> yeah. because I again Road to Perdition, Vanilla Sky, like all those movies, I. Passed out This is why we're experts on and movies like they would, And I <laughs> snore I was like They would probably have to whack me To get me to stop snoring Like I'll snore during these movies Yeah so I don't know what my wife did
1: uh, My now wife But she came back And uh, at some point a lot, were,
0: of, a lot of girls would just leave And never come back Yeah I hadn't made my move yet Are you in Manhattan? Are you in Manhattan? Or are you in Washington D.C.? We were in Washington D.C. Yeah Okay I don't know how I guessed Washington D.C. But she, okay. she came back
1: uh, I woke up And I made my move And uh, now we're married with two kids I mean, Her move should have been <laughs> Leave and never come back yeah, like most people would do that. Yeah, but I mean, if you have a chance to date Alex Chester, you know you're
0: not going to pass it.
1: Up. <laughs> no, she didn't know who you were. You're just
0: some creep on the first date.
1: No, but as we've established, like, she didn't. Before our internship, she was warned by three people all named Jonathan to stay away from me,
0: not to go out with you. Yeah, she. So before, she's into the bad boys. Before she ever she met, She did a me, horrible job of picking yeah, a bad. Boys. And
1: as we said, I've been the bad son, the bad employee, the bad, yeah, the bad tipper. <laughs> but she was warned by three people to stay away from me, and then the first day of the internship, she was confused because what she'd been warned about me was completely opposite. She was warned to stay away from me because she was going to be told that I was going to be a kiss-up on our program. And I was very clearly the bad boy of our program who was sort of being sarcastic and making fun of the boss. So she was confused mm-hmm. by that,
0: I think. Well, Why would someone stay away from the kiss-up? I mean, nobody likes a kiss-up. Okay. so But it wasn't like he's a monster. He's going to like steal your credit card. Who? That people,
1: no. People just said to her. Yeah, oh, I'm saying even...
0: the warning not
1: Okay. So... No,
0: and the then, warning so I mean is, so you... oh, he's,
1: he's got to kiss up to the boss and be the goody-goody and, and everybody's going right. to love him and stay away
0: from him because he's and annoying. And he's going to throw you under the bus. Totally. Yeah, and, and then I was completely Which upset. I'm sure you did. Yeah. And then you... like how, how does she wake you up? After the movie? During the movie? I don't remember. I just remember...
1: I, I was asleep. How would I know? <laughs> I fell asleep. <laughs> All right, so that's number 69. Number 68, I have a movie that does not have a Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic score. It's The Long Way Home.
0: Okay, what's that?
1: So The Long Way Home, uh, this is a movie that it is a documentary about sort of the era between 1945 and 1948. It's sort of a continuation of of so it's it's the movie was made i think it's actually rabbi marvin Heyer who uh you know the only rabbi with a yarmulke to ever win multiple oscars as far as i know so he was the producer of the movie he won the oscar in 1981 for best documentary for genocide which is you know which he co-produced and co-wrote which is a movie about the holocaust obviously so this movie which came out in 1997 is sort of a sequel and this really talks about the era from 1945 to 1948 and jewish refugees in Europe, you know, sort of their recovery from the Holocaust, and then, you know, sort of the lead-up to the uh, creation of the State of Israel. So, you right.
0: know... And, but most importantly, Morgan Freeman narrates it.
1: Yeah, well, because Hire's friends with all the Hollywood people, yeah. He has... It's not just Morgan. Freeman. It has the voices of Ed Asner, Sean Astin, Martin Lando, um, Michael York. Yeah, I mean, because he's buddy-buddy with all these, you know, celebrities. He's, you know, like sort of the, the rabbi to well, a lot of... Well, I wonder
0: when, like, when someone realized that Morgan Freeman is the perfect narrator. Yeah, oh, I mean, anyway, there
1: is no better narrator than him, for sure. I'm actually looking at genocide and the narrator there was oh elizabeth taylor and and wells but that was a different era obviously yeah and then and then they also came out with another movie uh the uh, simon louisenthal center the museum of tolerance they came out with a third documentary just last year and um but I forget who's the, the uh, narrator for that one. But um, anyway, so yeah, The Long Way Home, you know, 45 to 48, just a, a really exciting time in, in, in world history, obviously, you know, in Europe, and the, you know, the Marshall Plan, in the Middle East, obviously, you know, also, you know, the birth of India and many other countries around the world. So uh, a very exciting time and, and a very emotionally impactful movie. Uh, all
0: right, number 67, The Firm. You hate it on The Firm. It's not a good movie. It's, it's, it's a... It, it's a fine movie that should not be in anybody's top 100.
1: Well, okay. So to be fair, I saw this movie when I was in Harvard Law School, and it's a movie about a guy in Harvard Law School. So that part of it spoke to me. It's, um, it's based on the Rose Law Firm, the firm where Hillary Clinton worked, actually, in, in Arkansas. Uh, the Wilford Brimley character is phenomenal. This is peak Wilford Brimley, obviously. I, I mean – if you don't enjoy the film, I don't. Know, I, I'm not saying it's the best movie ever, but it's a highly enjoyable film. Eight point four on IMDb, not bad.
0: That's really high. I, okay, right. you know, maybe no. I would have to revisit it, which I never will.
1: All right, number sixty six, Braveheart. People could have this much higher. I'd understand that. I've only seen it once. I remember when yeah, I first we'll talk about it later. Yeah. All right. Fine. Number sixty five, Go. We already discussed that. Number mm-hmm. number sixty four, Best in Show.
0: Uh, yeah. That was it. Was uh, one of my last uh, cuts from my top hundred. A good movie.
1: Okay, number 63, Traffic. We discussed that last week. Mm-hmm. Number 62, The Wolf of Wall Street. Is that going to be on your list? Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Uh, and number 61, Pain and Gain. And I think we've talked about that before. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast.
0: No, we've never talked to discuss the movie Pain and Gain. Uh, have you seen Pain and Gain? No.
1: Okay, so Pain and Gain, first of all, if you love The Rock, and I know you do, you have to see Pain and Gain because it's the ro- it's peak The Rock. It's peak Mark Wahlberg. It's... um. It's just it's a very it's based on a true story about these um, bodybuilders in Miami who decided to go on you know this whole like this kidnap this this rich guy and and try and you know get a ransom and you know it it, it fell apart but it's a very good, it's very very funny it's a Michael Bay movie so lots of explosions very very funny totally over the top uh, based on a true story and again I love watching movies that are based on true stories especially I love reading up afterwards about what was accurate and what was inaccurate about the movie. Very entertaining, and Ballers, the show on HBO right now, has basically taking place also in Miami. Has Dwayne Johnson playing sort of a similar kind of character? Has Rob Corddry playing a similar kind of character? So Ballers, I like to think of as the continuation of Pain and Gain in an alternate universe. So, very right, cool. It's a stupid, you know, it's a stupid movie. It, it's again, it, <laughs> we're talking about Michael Bay, so this isn't going to win any Oscars, but it's entertaining.
0: Okay, so you want to uh, you want to get on with sixty to fifty one. Yeah, let's keep going. Okay, number 60, another small movie. A lot of people didn't like it. Got decent critical reviews. Actually, a rare movie that critics liked that the audience didn't because it has an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes and only 6.1 on IMDb. It's called Drinking Buddies. It's, uh, I guess it's a mumblecore movie by Joe Swanberg. Uh, Olivia Wilde is a star. Uh, Anna Kendrick's in it too. Ron Livingston, uh, Jason Sudeikis. It's about uh, people who work at like a small brewery and that night they drink. And then uh, it's just like a little, you know, it's, it's a sort of like almost uh, like a romance, you know, it's like a romance between the two leads. It's, it's just very realistic. And it's a very, sm- very small movie that basically I think takes place mostly over one weekend, if I remember correctly. Very realistic. And I think one of the reasons I don't like the superhero movies, I don't even watch them is I I want things that feel more real. So even if it's, you know, like I talked about Wendy Wendy and Lucy and now we drink buddies, like, if you could make a movie that feels like it's real life, I'm going to care about the characters way more. Why do I care what happens to Iron Man? He's pretend, right? So I I like this movie. Is it a great movie? No, but I think it's very good and it's eminently watchable and I do recommend it. I I feel like it's a decent movie to watch with uh, your lady friend. So that's number 60 for me, Drinking Buddies. 59 for me is like a vastly different movie, much bigger than, uh, than Drinking Buddies. And it's 300. It's 300, it's a fun movie. You could rewatch it. There's some really cool battle scenes. The story's great. It can't be in the top 50 because ultimately it's a little too ridiculous. It doesn't take itself seriously enough. Um, and there's some holes in there and some scenes that are worse than others. But it's an enjoyable, uh, it's an enjoyable movie. Uh, what do you think about 300? I did not see 300. Uh, thanks for your contributions. Number 58, uh, Ghost World cult classic... Great, great review is 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm assuming you haven't seen this movie. Oh. Thor, Birch, Steve Buscemi. It's a movie that's really best enjoyed when you're in high school, if you're like the press kid in high school, or you're unhappy. But it's, you know, it's like a dark comedy. Thor, Birch, Scarlett Johansson, Steve Buscemi's great. If that doesn't sound interesting to you, it probably won't be, but I really like Ghost World. 57, Black Hawk Down, really a very straightforward movie. At any point, you could pick up in Black Hawk Down and you could start and stop and you'll know what's going on and... You know, the action scenes are really amazing. You really sweat when, you know, they're, they're in Mogadishu and you're worried they're not going to get out. You really I don't, you don't care about the characters enough. That's why, even though with the incredible action scenes, it's not like a top 20 movie. But to me, you know, the action scenes are worth putting it in the top 60 of my list. Now let's talk The Martian versus uh, uh, Gravity, because so The Martian's way better
1: than Gravity. So the Martian are 57.
0: Yes, 56. Black Hawk Down was 57. Second straight Ridley Scott movie. I believe the third... Ridley Scott movie in my top hundred. Yeah, third because Matchstick Men. All right, okay, fine. So, The Martian, of fifty-six. Tell me why The Martian is such a great movie. Okay, so Gravity isn't funny. The Martian's really funny. It's it really honestly, I was watching it with my wife. And like it was the type of movie you almost don't want it to end. Like it's way too long, and it's like you're annoyed when it when it ends. It's ve- it's a funny movie. I don't love the the Chinese cooperation because I do think, even though it might partially be in the book, part of it is that the Chinese box office has sort of exploded in the last few years, and every uh, movie wants to like incorporate the Chinese people being the good guys where in a lot of movies they used to be the bad guys, so your movie can make double its money in China. But I do think that you're really there with Matt Damon the whole time. You're rooting for him. While it's, I'm sure, wildly unrealistic if you know anything about science, which I don't, you're willing to suspend disbelief because it's not a movie that takes itself incredibly seriously. Uh, you know, within these floating, well, I'm not going to ruin the end or anything, but you care about the characters. It's a, it's a really good movie to rewatch. I feel like, uh, I don't, I, I didn't watch it with kids. I wonder if there's like too much cursing. I don't actually, but I, I feel like if you once you have kids who are like 13, number
1: what's number 55?
0: Wolf of Wall Street.
1: Oh, <sighs> so we couldn't. <laughs> Five minutes. Ago, five minutes ago, I had The Wolf of Wall Street on my list. At yeah, but I six- didn't see where it was. And I number, you know why? This is the Chester rule. Like, wait, we can't discuss it at sixty two. I have to wait till I have it seven spots higher. That's well, I system. thought
0: it was much higher, but also you have this rule where you like the full title, like uh, Borat, make for glorious good oh, yeah. of Kazakhstan, whatever. Yeah. So I forgot to put in the. So I couldn't. I was looking for the and I couldn't find it on my list. So anyway, what do you have to say about Wolf of Wall Street? So I think that's
1: Scorsese. He maybe wasn't clear enough about who the bad guy is in the movie, or maybe people are just really dumb. But it was really entertaining. Leo does a phenomenal job. You know, the scene where he's trying to drive his car back home when he's taking those drugs.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, I, it's, it's almost like it's set pieces. It's like there are some scenes that are unbelievable in the movie, but it's also way too long. Yeah. Okay. A much smaller movie than Wolf of Wall Street. 54 for me is a movie called Adam, one of the few realistic portrayals of an autistic-slash-person uh, you know, with Asperger's in film. I have no idea how it didn't—I guess I do have an idea. It's such like a—it's it's a no-name movie about sort of a quiet topic. It got really good reviews, but there's not really like a—Rose Byrne is the, is the lead woman, but there aren't uh, really any other big names besides that. The, uh, they went for, a, I guess, a no-name actor. I've never heard of him. You, Dancy. Is the uh, is the is the lead, and he does an amazing job. He stars in Hannibal. I've never seen it, that's why I don't know. Him. Uh, he does an amazing job of uh, of playing the titular role of Adam, the eponymous role of Adam, and it's just like it's another one of those movies that you really care about the characters and you're really rooting for him. Uh, and if the a movie about someone with Asperger's or autism interests you, I feel like you can do no better than. Uh, Adam, that's my 54th movie. 53rd, Saving Private Ryan. Pretty what what do you what can you say about Saving Private Ryan? It hasn't already been said.
1: I mean, the only thing I can say is that every single time, every single time I hear the name of the movie Saving Private Ryan, I think of the uh, porn parody which was called Shaving Ryan's Privates.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Cuz that, that I remember once I read a list of like top 10 porn parody names. And you can't get get much better than Shaving Ryan's
0: Privates, right? Sure. This is a family show, but I hear you. We don't do that sort of humor here. (laughs) Uh, Okay. And then to wrap off uh, my list for today, 52 and 51, a pair of uh, Adam Sandler movies, 51 Happy Gilmore, 52 Billy Madison. Uh, What do you prefer, Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore?
1: So I always preferred Happy Gilmore, and I'm happy that you have Happy Gilmore higher because everybody growing up liked Billy Madison more. And I was like the only one I knew who liked Happy Gilmore more.
0: Yeah, Happy Gilmore. See, the critics actually liked Happy Gilmore and didn't like Billy Madison. That, is, and inco- also that was- is incorrect.
1: Metacritic gives Happy Gilmore a 31.
0: Yeah, but I have a 60 on Rotten Tomatoes and a yeah. 46 for Billy Madison.
1: Yeah. I mean, but in other words, when we're saying we like it, you know, you think relative to Sandler movies, maybe. I mean, Billy Madison on Metacritic has a 16. So, yes, you're correct.
0: <laughs> is this the type of movie you would show to your kids? Like, is it going to hold up enough in 10 years for them to watch it?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I see bits of Happy Gilmer every couple of years. If it's on TV, I'll stop and watch. Billy Madison, I haven't seen because I don't care as much. So, Happy Gilmer, I have 46 on my list. So, you know, we're not even up to that. But yeah, I have it pretty close to where you have it. Billy Madison, I have it in my also receiving votes. It doesn't get quite up there.
0: You know, Happy Gilmore, it's just it's
1: great. You also have Bob Barker in a great role.
0: Uh, yeah, Bob Barker should have won, you know, multiple Oscars. Yeah,
1: So, yeah, I mean, I like Happy Gilmore a little bit more. You obviously are sort of, you think they're neck and neck.
0: I mean, I like Happy Gilmore more, but uh, I could listen to your Billy Madison argument.
1: Yeah. All right, okay, so let's go my 60 through 51, and then we'll wrap it up for the day. Number 60, I have The Green Mile. A lot of people have this on their lists.
0: I'm surprised. I liked it. Totally fine movie. Hard movie to love.
1: Yeah, I thought it was kind of forgotten. It's it's you know it sort of has that the uh, quote unquote magical Negro, which has been you know off criticized as sort of a as sort of a film trope, and obviously this one has that. Um, but you know Tom Hanks, the, the, you, can't, you can't go wrong with Green Mile. Number fifty nine, Wet Hot American Summer, cult classic, especially for those of us who went to Jewish summer camps. This one was filmed in Honesdale, Pennsylvania, where I went to Jewish summer camp. You don't like it, you said. Did you even watch the Netflix? It's uh, a no, fu-
0: No, because I didn't like the movie enough to watch the Netflix show, but I'm sure I wouldn't like it. I like Michael Ian Black, but... Whatever. If you don't like it, there's not much to
1: say about it. Number 58. I have my uh, best movie of last year. Should have won the Oscar. Melissa McCarthy and Rose Byrne in Spy.
0: Oh, Rose! I just had a Rose Byrne movie. Uh, even though I don't even remember what she looks like. Uh, yeah, okay. Tell me about Spy. Did you not see Spy? No, I haven't seen Spy. Tell me about Okay. It's,
1: it's Melissa McCarthy. It's, it's really, really funny. Really well done. She plays a spy, obviously, in Europe. I'm not going to say much more. It's a comedy. It's... Really, really entertaining. Melissa McCarthy can do a lot of physical humor, but she's not just, you know, like Chris Farley was always just sort of like the fat guy. Melissa McCarthy does much more than that. It was shockingly entertaining for this kind of a movie. I thought it'd be like, yeah, it's okay, it's like a lot of other movies, but I really like Spy. You know, well, I'll ninety-four put that on the
0: poster, shockingly entertaining. Yeah,
1: ninety-four on Rotten Tomatoes. So people seem to like it. Fifty-seven, another cult classic like Wet Hot American Summer. This is Office Space.
0: Yeah, we we talked about Office Space already. Love it. Okay,
1: 56, my, uh, possibly my most controversial uh, movie on this list. If you don't like Wet American Summer, you're definitely not going to like that. This is The Ten. You have not seen The Ten, I assume. What, tell me about it. So, by the way, in last week's episode, I think I edited it out, but I mentioned to you that my 50s are all comedies. So this is, a, uh, this is where I stick a lot of comedies. The
0: 10 oh, you, I don't do themes. I do, you know, this is what's going to be, what, this is the truth.
1: I didn't do themes either. I just noticed it afterwards that they were all comedies.
0: Ken Marino, David Wayne, yeah, you know, I'm not the biggest fans of these guys.
1: Yeah, so this is this this is the whole crowd from the state
0: made the ten. Yeah,
1: A- and of course you also have Paul Rudd, Liev Schreiber, who I love. This is just it's the the the, the idea of the movie is it's it's basically ten stories about the Ten Commandments, and it's just. It's really – this was my movie in in law school. Me and my roommate would tell everybody this was our favorite movie. We made everybody we know watch it. Uh, People would get highly annoyed with us for doing so. Very entertaining. This is the movie where you have Don Draper himself playing literally a two-second role. And it's not a cameo. He's just an extra in the movie because that's how much of a nobody he was in 2007, even though two years later, of course, John Hamm would be the biggest star in America because of Mad Men. So yeah, The Ten, it's a stupid comedy. It has 37 on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a soft spot in my heart. So it's The Ten Commandments, so there's 10 stories. I don't know which of the 10 is my favorite, but I, I love them all. Um, and, and, and I quote this movie endlessly, and the best part of quoting a movie that most people haven't seen is they don't know what you're saying. So, for example, there's just one throwaway line, for example, where Liev Schreiber and one of the other characters, they refer to McDonald's and Woundies and Burger King. Uh, the idea being that uh, every single chain just added another vowel to their names for some reason. And I'll do mm-hmm. that. anytime. Anytime anybody references one of those r- restaurants to me, I will call it that. And they'll just look at me like I'm a strange person, uh, which I am. But that's the 10, number 56. Number 55, the number one movie of 2005. We've already discussed it, I think. 40 old Virgin, right?
0: Uh, yes, we discussed yeah,
1: it. We discussed it last week. Number 54, we also discussed last week. That's Knocked Up.
0: Uh, yep. Yeah, yep. we like Knocked Up.
1: Yeah, we said Knocked Up's a little better than The 40-Year Virgin. 53, Almost Famous. I assume that's coming later on your list. Uh, Almost Famous is coming later. Yeah, I just watched Almost Famous again last week uh, from start to finish for the first time in a while. Really, really good movie, obviously. Uh, Holds 50, up. 52. This is a movie that I was shocked was not on more lists because I remember it being loved by the critics at the
0: time. Three Kings. Have you seen yeah, Three I, Kings? I, 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 Spike yeah, Jones I've You like Spike it. Jones, Right, Like Spike Jones, liked Clooney. Wahlberg. It was in my uh, almost also receiving votes for the also receiving votes. If I made a top 250, it would have been in there. I think it's remembered a little bit more fondly than it is. I think it's there's some really boring scenes in it, honestly.
1: Well, it's really it's really funny and entertaining, but it's also a really serious and sad look at war in general and the first Persian Gulf War in particular. So uh, it really managed to do a lot of things. It was Spike Jones. I think when he made that movie, at that point, he was just really known as a guy who directed music videos, right? Yeah, so Three Kings, a movie I like, and then 51, and this is a movie that I first saw, I think either on an airplane or on YouTube, and I liked it so much that it totally changed my view of Kristen Stewart, because I'm not a Twilight guy, I knew nothing about her before I saw this, Um, after this I love her, I love her as a person, I love her as an actress, it's similar to The Way Way Back, in the sense that it's set in like, well I think this one's set in the 80s, but it's the idea that it's the summer, and for the summer they go work at a water park, Adventureland, or an amusement park. But just a really, really great movie. It's better than The Way Way Back. It's a much better version of the same thing. It's about a kid who's... He's got, it's, I think it's set in Pittsburgh in like 1981 or something like that. Really good movie. Have you seen Adventureland?
0: Yeah, sure. I liked oh. it.
1: Oh, so why am I explaining it? Sorry.
0: I would I'm put it listening. below Way Way... Well, we have an, oh, no, a whole audience of uh, listeners too. Yeah, who haven't seen it. Explain it to.
1: And you can see this whole mo- this whole movie's on YouTube, by the way, in like eight pieces if you want to
0: see yeah, it. Yeah, Kings of Summer, Way Way Back, and... Okay, now I like All Better Than Adventureland, but Adventureland's fun. Yeah. Okay. So that's my, that's my 90 through 51. All right. So we're going to get the top 50. I don't know if we could finish the top 50 next time, but we got through 40 today. So I do think we could make a run at it.
1: Yeah. Well, and we're still going to have – we're going to start incorporating our listener lists. We keep getting listener lists. Uh, we know it's tough to do, but send us your list. If you already sent us your list and you want to edit it, which a few people have said to us, that's fine. You may continue editing until we get to our final podcast, which will be either next week or the week after. So mm-hmm. uh, feel free to do so. And, um, Kiva, on that note, I'll talk to you next week. Uh, whatever.